2139. The city is in chaos. Criminals can be man, we're gonna war, or machine. But justice goes by one name. Fred. Throw down your weapons and prepare to be judged! We got a lot in common. I'll be the judge of that. Sylvester Stallone is Judge Dredd. This film is not yet rated. Starts Friday, June 30th. Welcome back to The Couch Command. My name is Keith Hayward. I'm the host of The Couch Command podcast that you can find on popgeeks.com. I'd like to thank the producer of our podcast, uh, Brian Klein, also known as Sonic Klang. And also Eileen, who hosts us on popgeeks.com. With me today, I have MJ. Greetings and salutations. All right. And welcoming back, Mrs. Void Cat. Thank you. I'm back. I hope Woo-hoo! you miss me. And also, uh, a new addition, an old friend from as far back as the Japan Hero message board days. Uh, I knew him as Writer Fies slash Shifty, but he's also my friend, Brent. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> we, we, we've had some years. We've had some years, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that just gives you more time to experience more nurture. So and life. It, it's almost been what twenty years now. Is it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And like we started on Japan Hero, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was like the first website that I ever was a part of. And then I made my own with Hinch and Justice. And, like, yeah, me and Brent were, became friends over Japanese live-action stuff called Tokusatsu that many know mostly as Power Rangers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Heckin' words, um, yeah. Yeah, Brent. Uh, so, yeah, can you? where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I, oh, jeez, I didn't know I was going to have to do an intro. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, or like, how about this? Um, why would you say you're on this podcast? Uh, I would say I'm on the Judge Dread theme podcast because I have a full set of Judge Dread uh, leathers and helmet and oh, uh, from the beautiful. 2012 movie. Yes, <laughs> I have cosplayed as a judge at a few different conventions. Yeah, your love and adoration and amazing cosplay that uh has me eternally jealous um is kind of like a a pretty much a, a jump start that where like i finally found time to start reading again and cycling books and comic books into my weekends and days and yeah i was like man i gotta, I gotta dig more into this judge stuff and yeah i've been reading a couple comics and uh yeah i've been wanting to do this comparison for a long time and also uh, taking over more of the hosting duties to guide us through this process hey. will be Void Cat. Uh, always a delight. And also, when Keith asked me what I wanted to record, I'm the one who was like, do you want to do a Dread comparison? I feel yes. like it's been a bit, and people have been talking about maybe Dread 2 happening, so we don't know if that's happening or not. Oh, but that doesn't matter. Been a, been a you want to talk years, about though. Dread. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. don't know if it's going to happen or not. Some new I, I stuff about people being like, we want to do it came out, but like, it's still uncertain, obviously. But it's an excuse to talk about Dread, let's be honest. I listened to a video from one of the producers of Dread, and it was a fun guy named Adi Shankar. You guys know who he is? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's a fun, weird guy, and um, he produced the controversial uh, Power Rangers bootleg movie with uh, Katie Sackhoff and... Um, 
Dawson from Dawson's Creek. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but like he broke it down about like the how you get the money for things, and he's like, yeah, like uh the the budget for Judge Dredd was forty five million. They only made forty one million. Um, and he's like, yeah, you need to have the right star, and um, it's just like getting the money is a certain uh calculation that Dredd never adds up to. Like as many times as we keep hearing it, like it's heartbreaking that. I, I can't see it happening, and I yeah, but you look because at, dread. You look at the '95 dread; they had the star, but it, it didn't quite have the results they were hoping for. So it's a double-edged sword, indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Voidcat, uh, please take over. How would you like to guide us through this process? Okay, before we start actually talking about the movies, what we need to talk about is where we're each coming at this from. I personally, um, I'm a huge fan of Carl Urban. You know, like. Uh, I've liked him since the shenanigans that was Xena. So um, that kind of drew me to it. Uh, I didn't remember the Stallone dread like I saw it when I was a kid. Um, But I didn't remember much about it until I just rewatched it for this. I have no comic book experience. So uh, a fun game that I enjoyed playing was what things do the two movies have in common and therefore probably are from the original comics. But um, you guys tell me, were you coming out on these movies and have you read the comic books? Keith, you're first. All right. Um, where I'm coming at this for, uh, like with the movies is that, yeah, um, I watched Judge Dredd, the movie, back in the day, uh, and I remember not liking it. Um, I've always had this problem with uh, adapting comic book stuff, even though I didn't know Judge Dredd. Um, my main problem with a lot of things I kept on seeing was like, please keep your fucking mask on. Please. I don't care who you are. Like when like uh, Michael Keaton was doing Batman, I adored him for keeping his mask on until like I think Batman Two, where he just casually like ripped it off. I was like, ah! And then like yeah, Judge Dredd, I loved even back then that that costume. And then he just threw it away right away. Um, then through time, I've, I've dabbled in the comic books here and there. I've enjoyed his kind of marriage of Batman and RoboCop in cyberpunk worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Dread came out, uh, following it, uh, this movie called The Raid, which it gets, um, yep, yep. Compa- it definitely yeah. gets, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The comparison is like almost, it's so right there. Um, so uh, it, it was, it was, uh, kind of The Raid part two. I, I loved it. It's, it was tight. It was simple, well done. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of Judge Dread love and I am going back to the comic books to keep enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Matt? Uh, I never read the comics until the last few weeks, um, when Keith asked me to come on for this. Oh, you, uh, did, saw, you read the comics for homework, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the best of, uh, John Wagner's Judge Dredd and started firing through that, especially since I've always been a big fan of Brian Boland's art, especially since, uh, he did the killing joke with Alan Moore. But, um, yeah, I saw the Judge Dredd movie back in the day, and I kind of dismissed it as a cheap knockoff, feeding off the Demolition Man, which I still think is kind of a better movie, at least when it comes to Stallone. And um, I saw Urban's Dread about five years ago, and yeah, a way, way better movie. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much my background on it. Cool. And Brent? Alright, here we go. Uh, I starred Judge Saved Dredd you for last. Yeah, from the uh, 2012 movie Dread, uh, mm-hmm. with the lovely Carl Urban. 
uh, I had seen the 95 movie, um, but didn't really remember. It wasn't like one of my favorite Stallone movies of all time. Um, but I fell in love with the 2012 movie and uh, quickly found a costuming group on Facebook and a a guy was contacted a uh, a leather making company I think that was out of Pakistan uh, or somewhere over in the Middle East and he was going I'm going to do a run of old dread leathers uh, to start making costumes and uh, even as a out of work idiot I went alright I'm in uh, and these things weren't cheap because they are all motorcycle rated mm-hmm. uh, leathers. Uh, so I, over the course of like a year, I put together a costume. Uh, and then, of course, because of that uh, costuming group, there was a whole bunch of people from England uh, who had grown up with Dread because it's been going on since 77. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started kind of looking up all the old progs. So I started reading Dread from the very beginning. Uh, and I got through a whole number of years until my house was broken into, and all of my comics that I had downloaded on my computer, my laptop was stolen. So I oh lost God. all of that stuff. Um, and I just haven't gone back and, and uh, uh, reacquired reacquired everything for the uh, the old progs and and or the comics uh but yeah not I, about this and i'm just sorry man yeah, yeah it's, well, it's, it's really hard to rebuild a collection yeah um and well and it's now it's been several years since then uh so there's you know there is a uh, a weekly uh 2080 prog uh that's what the magazine is called mm-hmm. uh where it has uh, various comics in it, including Judge Dredd. Uh, and then there is the monthly uh, Dread magazine that comes out that has uh, is all focused on Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been running for, I think Judge Dredd just celebrated its 45th year? Yeah, that math adds up. Um, and the the fantastic thing about dread for those who don't know is the comic runs in real time so uh each week is a week that passes in the comic um so uh dread has aged from that original comic 40 some years to where he is now god damn so he's like a 75 year old um cop now uh yeah that should put him around his 70s Dang. Impressive. That's like uh, Eric Larson's uh, Savage Dragon level of commitment. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so those. Uh, I guess it's a little easier to stay in shape when you're a comic book character. Yeah. <laughs> and is, I don't know, is is he supernatural at all? Uh, he is. Uh, this is getting into a little bit of spoiler from the uh, the '95 movie. So, if, you know, if, no, if a, somebody out there hasn't seen the '95 movie, uh, is part of a clone program. Um, all right, and does clone program come with enhanced aging? Uh, that I don't remember. 
Okay. Um, Will he one day be replaced with a clone? Yeah. Um, Since he already has a clone. um, Yeah. Downloaded into another clone. Consistently being replaced, actually. A lot of stuff I I don't remember (laughs) uh, because it's been so long since I've read it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I just haven't kept up on it. Um, well, I could go multiverse like everybody else is right now. Come on. Yeah. Oh, God. Please don't. Well, <laughs> I, I wonder. Like, I, I still have not gotten to the Judge Death stuff. Because, like, mm-hmm. uh, Judge Dread so far has been, as far as I've encountered anything, just science fiction. No kind of uh, fantasy monsters. And yeah. every time I look at Judge Death, it looks like he's like a demon from another dimension. Uh, he is from another dimension. Uh, All right. He, he's. Literally from another dimension, um, where uh, death is worshipped above all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, Judge Death and all the Dark Judges have a real interesting background that I'm just not going to spoil for anybody, because it's, it's okay. pretty cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I'll be looking it up. But they do become some of the most famous Judge Dread av- uh, adversaries. Um, and yeah, they're all they're all pretty awesome. All well, right. What's funny is that uh, early on in development of both the movies that we're going to be talking about, they had actually wanted to go with Judge Death for the plotline, but they decided that was a little too ambitious for the scopes of either one. Oh yeah. Which I mean, fair. Yeah. Dread. They wanted to do yeah Judge Death in, for Dread at first, but they were like, oh, we only have like forty five million, so let's keep it simple. I mean, simple is relative here. They still did a lot of like. I mean, they basically developed um, the effect for the slow mo. Yeah, I I love. Well, uh, before we get into, yeah, part of, like the the thing I love about Dread is the the quote unquote simple, straightforward. Like it didn't um, escalate to the top, and they weren't bringing down the entire organization. It was not a battle to save the entire planet. It was a building. It was diehard, and they stopped there. And I was like, oh, thank you. There's a yeah, it's compared it's to the raid, yeah. With Die Hard, yeah. It's just like the, it's the it's real time. This one thing that happened, we're just gonna go through from beginning to end, and then that's it. Yep. And yeah, they walk was, out, go back to it, work. It was very much a story that you would get in a prog. Uh, it might yeah. cover, uh, you know, it might cover like a. You know, a couple of progs worth of of storylines, but it's very much a self-contained uh, story, like you would get in the original comics. What's a prog? A prog is just what they uh, 2000 AD calls their weekly magazine. Okay, cool. Explain this one already, Keith. <laughs> well, I, I didn't. I didn't know the, the word. He didn't say specifically, or did he? I, I, all right, anyway. All good. Um, that's also okay. is it like short for program, or what is it? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, oh, we covered this See, see? I mentioned it's what they called the magazines, but I'm just wondering what the etymology of it was. Is it like short for program or yeah, you know, all that wacky out- Etymolog- Etymology is very fun. Um, yeah. it, it's but the- I'm not going to look okay. it up right now. So. <laughs> okay. They're all Europe. They're all English, so, you know. Oh, my, my next question regarding progs is the comic books I'm reading, is it a, a compilation of like week by week by week by week by week until it turns into a comic book? Or does it, am I reading a collection of comic books? See, what you'd be reading is the collections from those 
those uh, magazines each each week. Oh shit! So it's like Shonen Jump. Yeah, because there's there's a bunch of different there's like Judge Dread and Stronum Dog and a whole bunch of different other weekly series that are in uh, in each each issue. Uh, whereas with the monthly Judge Dread one, you get just it's just all Dread stories. Um, so when you get a compilation like the uh, the uh, case files, which are j- just the big uh, compilations, you're just getting just the Judge Dread storylines. I was not aware that was a thing that was done for yeah. action comic books weekly. All right, that uh, yeah, that changes the perspective of what I'll be reading. Read more UK comics then. <laughs> I will be. I yeah. I got. I, okay, I, okay. I have them on my list. All right. So we're going to talk about Judge Dread first, the 1995. Then we'll talk about Dread, and then we'll do like some fun comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'll go first. Like I said, um, I hadn't seen Judge Dread since I was quite small. I didn't remember much of it. Uh, I remember the jokes about everybody being like, "Stop taking your helmet off." Um. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot Rob Schneider was in this. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I, it, he's in, he's in like the first the scene, and it was a delight seeing him. I was like, "Oh, dang, Rob, what are you doing in here? Is <laughs> it <been> a comedy? <laughs> What's going on?" Of course, he's the. I mean, he's the comedic relief. Um, I think he does a great job. So, I liked Judge Dredd a lot more than I thought I did. Same. I mean, uh, it is completely different from Dread in that it's not like the self-contained, you know, like just raid type thing. It is, it's definitely like more of an overarching story. Um, like it shows him at the beginning, then that's why Rob Schneider goes in. Um, and then there's a lot more extensive world building that we see. Um, I gotta say, like, I really miss that 80s and 90s sci-fi. Like it, Fifth Element had the same kind of like yep. claustrophobic world building with the like huge buildings and just like very little space and all of the 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 streets are like just trash and overwhelmed um i miss the 80s and 90s sci-fi uh like aesthetic where everybody's basically just wearing like punk and goth yes gear. same just, like same. that those shiny leathers um i did enjoy the moments of comedy like i i obviously have some complaints like uh that 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 um the villain lady basically has like no character. She's there for like plot and set dressing. Like she'll randomly change her opinion about how, who she respects just based on who the big villain is at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm kind of annoyed about the kiss at the end. Yes. But, <laughs> Thank you. Like, yeah. First of all, I looked at the ages just for the lulls. Um, Ms. Lane is um, 19 years younger than Stallone. Jesus Christy. Back then. Um, and there's 14 really? years between the lady who played Anderson and Dredd in the, in the 2012 movie, by the way. And no love yeah, interest uh, there. Yeah, no love interest there, which I, I love. I love. I didn't think it was necessary. I'm just like, all right. You already proved your point like about being like a person. It doesn't have to be romantic. Whatever. Aside from that, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I like the world building. I like that um, this movie shows you what's outside of the cities. Um, like the the youngest 
son was hecking ridiculous. Like, that was really funny to me. Um, it had a nice balance of action and comedy and seriousness. The themes were good. Um, I, I don't think that's Stallone and uh, I forgot to write down the actor's name. The guy who played his, his brother, like, looked that similar. But... Oh, Armand yeah. yeah. Yep. What's interesting, though, is that they gave both of them the same color of eye contacts so that they would match. That was to match uh, Max von Sydow's eyes. Uh, actually, Stallone and Asante have uh, brown eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Real life. Because yeah. they're... I mean, he he had his real eyes. He didn't have eye contacts, but they got the eye contacts for the other two to match him, yeah. Yep. That, uh, yeah, I remember uh, through watching the reviews like uh, uh, that he's wearing eye, eye contacts. I was like, why? why? Why would they do that? Okay, if you guys want to, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and, and then you see the plot, and you're like, oh, okay. I see, I see, I see, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I really did. Um, I think it was well made for, for its time and, uh, the action was fun. The, the, they kind of like, they were like, okay, and we got to have a girl cat fight also. All right, whatever. Yeah, that was like, a little tag. Gotta on. have a girl who knows kickboxing. They're like, this girl is a scientist, but also she will fight for some reason. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was Minotti's after all. Whatever. Exactly. Don't ask us questions. What, why is she exactly on par with somebody who's a trained street judge? I can't tell you, but whatever. Because she's evil. You people can. She's fight. evil. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, and this is a little bit true of Dread, but definitely Judge Dread. They both had a lot of like actually pretty fun one-liners. I was like, all right, I respect yeah. that. So that's how I felt about Judge Dread. Keith, how do you feel about Judge Dread? Um, I'm I'm with you on this, like. So I remember watching it uh, back in the nineties and like the memory I have, it was way less than what I experienced when I came back to it. Um, like you, I, I enjoy, I loved the, the sets, um, the practical mm-hmm. sets, the design of them. It felt like fun blade runner, which is a world I've always wanted to keep going back to and don't see enough. Um, and really quickly on that final kiss at the end, um, it was something I used to complain about in the 90s, which finally they let go somewhere in the 2000s, where like every fucking movie had to have a love interest or a romance subplot where you don't need one. And uh, I used to argue with Maxwell. I was like, it doesn't have to be in everything. And like, why do you hate romance, Keith? I was like, it's not that I hate romance. It's like, you don't have to do it everywhere. And, the and, mutual uh, be- like uh, respect between the two of them was so beautiful and making yep. it like a romantic interest really annoyed me. More than good enough of them being uh, respectful, like uh, coworkers, as they are in the mm-hmm. comic book, as I'm pretty sure I saw. Um, where, yeah, she was Hershey, and in the comics, like he, she was like uh, this person that I he just respected, and like the organizations always need like a, a need a big new leader or something like that, mm-hmm. and like he'd often say, "Hershey's who you want," and because she's just like upstanding and I don't love it. <laughs> he's a street cop. <laughs> yeah, and not me, but they keep on asking him. I'm sorry, but he belongs judge. to the road. Um, uh, but can you? Sorry, uh, Brent, can you comment on uh, the Hershey Dread relationship in the comics? Uh, I don't remember a lot, so I'm just okay. kind of looking at the wiki no right now. Um, but uh, she was regularly appeared as as somebody under Dread or Dread's uh, junior colleague. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were never romantically involved, nice. Uh, as far as I'm aware, and as far as the the wiki never, uh, I mean, doesn't say that they were romantically involved. Um, I don't think uh, 
Dread has been romantically involved with anyone. There's a famous scene in one of the the comics uh, where I, I God, I'm hope I'm remembering this correctly, uh, <laughs> where he saves a a girl uh, and. She thanks him and kisses him on on the cheek, and then he sentences her to however much time in the cubes. Oh no! Uh, because of, of assaulting uh, an officer, you know, assaulting an officer. <laughs> um, he won. Yeah, and, and the con- <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. Con- looks- I don't think romantic dread makes sense to me. But, yeah, like from the-, the way he's portrayed in both movies, where he's just like. Law first, people second. Actually, who cares about people? I'm the law. Yeah, yeah, in the comics, there's like this layer of just so you know, these aren't the good guys. These are your definitely your main protagonists, but the you know the the judges are going to do some fucked up shit because they are not here just for the happiness of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Law, how far should the law go? That's the mm-hmm. question. Authoritarian, authoritarianism. Yes. Yeah, um, for real. Yeah. Um. It, it's satirizing America. It's it's not a utopia, you guys. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, overall, I ended up loving it. Uh, I, I even go, yeah, as far as say that I loved it. I had a great time with it. Um, Rob Schneider was way less obnoxious than I remember him him being. <laughs> um, I was way less angry about his removing the mask because, like, I think I'm like it's been like decades since, and just I'm like, you know what? Fine, I know what's happening here. And as a fun. Guy cycle chase having Blade Runner gunslinger with amazing thick ass guns, which I loved. Um, I had a blast. Uh, Marlon Asante being over the top, uh, kickboxing fights between everybody. Uh, bravo, Judge Dredd. You've aged fantastically. So, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I heard about the taking your helmet off thing um, because whenever he has his helmet off in this movie, it's always like, when the the guy that he super respects in that train him at the academy told him at, at ease was one of the times, and then the other times is like when he gets stripped of his judge armor, so he's never yeah. not wearing it while he's being a judge. Right, which is what we come here to see. We're coming here to see is Judge Dread Sylvester Stallone. Right. I mean, like it, it was necessary when he got stripped of his armor at the very least for him to not have it on because otherwise, right. like they <laughs> they would not let that happen. It's not complete nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, yeah, the, if you're going to pay for Sylvester Stallone, you want that money on the screen, and that's his face. Right. You you, you pay for Sylvester Stallone, we're going to keep his face. Yep. Meanwhile, Carl Urban just does that, like, that mouth thing. Hell yeah, You know Carl. the one. Mm. Uh, Carl yeah, Urban did have the dread brown down pretty darn well. I mean, you know Carl Urban, red dread. Like, very clearly. Yeah, uh, he he's famous for saying that he was not going to do the part if the helmet came off. Good man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That guy's a massive nerd. I mean, he was in Star Trek he because is. he loved Star Trek. He was in Dread because he loved Dread. Like, no question about it. That's one of the reasons I like him so much. Hmm. That's all I got on Judge Dread. How do you feel? Um... Like I said before, I saw it when it originally came out back in 95, and mm-hmm. yeah, the Stallone effect is probably what killed the whole thing for me, because you could tell there was a lot of, I want to be the big action hero, I want to get the girl at the end, I want to have the one-liners, I yeah. gotta get better than Arnie! I'm like, dude, relax, it's a sci-fi movie, put your ego away for five minutes. 
And then I start reading into the background of it when I rewatched it uh, for this, and and sure enough, a lot of changes were made to the original script and vision of the director for how they wanted to make this movie. But uh, as far as my impressions of the movie itself, um, yeah, it's a big dumb action movie. I was way more impressed by the costuming and the sets for uh, this time around. I guess just because I'm getting a little tired of the super realistic everything in movies nowadays, it's kind of nice to see that mid nineties fantasy level put to it like uh keith mentioned the blade runner 2.0 sets and um and not the, the, the mad max style desert yeah yeah and, and i didn't and know that versace had designed the uh judges outfits for this movie oh, oh wow. my god I, right i saw that too i was like uh hmm yeah pardon, like, pardon? Yeah, and they only featured it for the first 15 minutes of the movie. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> what do you mean Money other people were wearing it? Oh, interesting, interesting costume detail. So this IRL in real life, you may or may not have noticed, uh, women and men's jackets zip on opposite sides. Oh my um, God. And buttons button on opposite sides. Um, this is like a really old thing back from, you know, like when people had other people dress them. But um, oh just historically, that's the fact. And I did notice that here, um, the Judge Dread uh, zippers, you know, they're they're like double-breasted kind of. They are on opposite sides as well. I've so never they had a different design for the men in the women's costumes. I know a lot about costuming, Keith. <laughs> in my entire life. Well, okay. That's huh. cool. Uh, and also because I've worn men in women's shirts. And it makes it obvious when all of a sudden you're like changing the way you're buttoning something. Goddamn. Uh, oh. Huh. Uh, and just really quickly, the the, it, the I, I appreciate it so much because like um, I was talking to MJ about Ant Man and like CGI spam backgrounds versus now backgrounds that you can see and like interact with and live in. Like yeah, that just amped up my appreciation for Judge Dredd even more. But and that's always good to see Jurgen Prochnow and Max Vice bounce side out on screen. I I guess this is the only other movie that those two had done together other than Dune, which was kind of. Trippy thing to find out, and I completely forgot James Earl Jones had uh, been the narrator for the opening crawl. That would- um, yeah, so I was kind of neat to catch again. I'm still not a big Rob Schneider fan. His he wasn't as nearly annoying as I initially remembered him watching mm-hmm. it this time around, but he was a little too Rob Schneider for me. But um, that's fair. Rob Schneider's a very like thin line to tread. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, put your Deuce Bigelow away. Just <laughs> chill up, dude. Be in the movie. Yeah, um, but, I think they had a good amount of him. Like, if they had him in more, it would have been like, all right, stop, stop it. But he was, like, absent until he got they got back on that prison ship. Well, what's funny is that uh, Joe Pesci was originally supposed to play that part, and then um, oh, really? when, Pe- when Pesci turned down Stallone, personally asked Schneider to do it because they'd done Demolition Man before together. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see... Armando Santa, I thought he was good casting, but I thought he might have overplayed Rico just a little bit too much. I'd have to put that more on the director and the writers than him, because mm-hmm. I can't imagine he wanted to just totally overhand as much as he did. <laughs> the law! I'm like, okay, dude, we, we hey. understand you know how to say the word law. Turn it down a bit. Turn it down. That is, that is one of but, my um, favorite scenes in that movie. Is him just yelling? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's memorable, but it's so damn cheesy. But, well, um, see, oh yeah. The, but, the yeah, thing but, the thing with yeah. Judge Dredd is like what we were talking about earlier is that you're not in a utopia, and that the judges are kind of like not that great either. Like mm. the, the, they are just uh, you know shooting people on sight and stuff. 
So, uh, for them to seem more heroic, you need a villain that's, like, really extra villain. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, there's only so much mustache twirling you should be doing. It's like, oh, you have to get them off the tracks. Oh, it's just, yeah. why, it, why does every actor have to go to that default state when mm. they're being asked to be the big bad? Just Yeah, it's definitely not <sighs> realism going on in here. Um, that's, that's, I've had this discussion with Keith before. It's, like, why I consider Michael Wincott and the Crow to be, like, the my prototypical best villain because he's not twirling his mustache. He's just a guy being who he is and doing sadistic evil shit just because that's who he is. He's not I, shoving in people's face like, I'm evil! I Chew think, on that! <laughs> I think real quick, back then, um, especially when people are starting to try to get used to what they think comic book movies are, they, could, they were still defaulting to like 70s, 80s, cartoon bad guys and they couldn't help themselves because they think oh, I'm in a comic mm-hmm. book, huh? I guess this is where I have to be stupid, and you're like, no, no, it's just you're just over top bad guy. You don't have to. Okay, never mind. You go for it, man. But now, well, well, to me, that's part of the cheese charm of the past. Well, well what's <laughs> kind of funny to me is I completely forgot James Remar had a cameo in this too, and I'm like, why didn't they make him Rico? I thought he would have been a great Rico to counterpoint against Stallone. But oh yeah, yeah, he would have been. They were trying to get somebody who looked more like Stallone? Question mark. Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, and back they're then, supposed to be genetic twins and everything. So Armando Sante was a bigger star, maybe back then. <laughs> I, yeah, I could not when he was kind of on the periphery of American cinema, and he was trying to break in. So, mm-hmm. like, so yeah. I mean, if you're if you're asked to on the spot, asked to name another Armando Sante movie, could you name one? No, nope. but I can't forget yeah. that name. Man, I love this name. Yeah, because I know I saw him in like a couple other movies, but I'll be damned if I can remember the names of them. But <laughs> Man, the actor's life is rough. Uh, Hollywood chew you up and spit you out. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty typical mid '90s big action fair, and I kind of wish Stallone had let them make the movie they wanted to make. But as it was, hey, it was fun. Brent, how did we feel? Oh, Judge Dread. <laughs> <laughs> Not great, I guess. So when. I, I personally love it. Okay. Uh, we'll just get that out of the way. Uh, when Dread came out, uh, it in the costuming group, it was hated. Oh. Like, with a passionate... Judge Dread was Judge hated. Dredd. With a passionate okay. fury. Not because Dredd he movie. takes his helmet off Judge, all the time, yeah. remember? Yeah, I thought you meant Judd, uh, Dread. I no, thought no, that no, was no, the one that was no, universally no. loved. No, that was, that was loved. Okay. Judge Dread was, was hated. Mm-hmm. And... It was even to a point where you just didn't talk about the original movie. Uh, you didn't costume anything about it. It it the pendulum was just swung. Of that movie's garbage. It should be blown up and forgotten. Uh, the pendulum has since swung back around. Uh, I don't think it's universally loved or held up to the same pedestal as as Dread is. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, a lot more people have come around to, all right, well, it's not horrible. It's not universally maligned anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the set design is almost spot on to how Mega City 1 appeared in the original comics. Nice. I mean, it's that dense neon, you know, because uh, I think they had a lot of influences from uh 
like Blade Runner and those kind of movies uh, where of what a just uh, mega city would look like. Um, and Dredd showed that off, or Judge Dredd showed that off almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, the costumings were also spot on. If you look at Stallone as Judge Dredd and then look at the comic, he has the big eagle on one side. He, I mean, the the uniform is really nonsensical. It for a street judge, for a guy who goes out uh, basically on his own, uh, dispensing uh, justice uh, against you know uh, citizens who want to kill him. There's not a lot of protection that uh, that original uniform provides. Um, the taking off the helmet. Oh, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Dredd has taken his helmet off in the in the comics before, but when it's done, uh, it's always drawn that he's in shadow, so you never see it. Mm-hmm. Or, or the uh, right censor's face. Yeah, I've seen those panels. Yeah, so it, <laughs> there's a heavy shadow that goes over most of it, or it's from the back, or it's obscured in some way. Uh, because Dredd is supposed to be faceless. He's supposed to be the faceless... He is the law, law of the land. He's not a person. Uh, he's the law. Exactly. And that's not to say that other judges don't take their helmets off. Judges take their helmets off all the time. Just not uh, Dredd is just Dredd is just never shown with his helmet off. Uh, so when this Stallone, is the way. oh sorry, yeah. wrong, help, wrong helmet. <laughs> there sorry. you go. Stallone almost immediately takes it off, and he probably only wears his helmet for uh, five minutes. Screen time. Yeah. No, no. There's a whole fight at the beginning. Oh, six minutes. Okay. (laughs) Maybe ten. I I heard Um, fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's it's like uh, not long enough. I yeah, but I get it. It's Stallone. You have Stallone. In a movie in '95, you paid the studio paid for Stallone. Damn it, we're going to see Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, Stallone so, was 49 in this movie, by the way. Dude, oh, I'm the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Oh, man. I fucking love Amanda Sante. Like I said, that him, the the argument between him and Dread at the end were. Uh, Judge Dredd uh, just shouts at him, you broke the law, and then he goes, yeah! <laughs> it's, it's hands down my favorite I don't, scene I don't, in, the, in the entire movie. I think movie. you saw much making fun of his uh, speech impediment back then in movies. So to see it actually happen in a movie back then, it was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah twice in one it. movie, because Schneider did it earlier in the movie, too. Yeah. I don't mind Schneider. Um, I think he was he was pretty funny uh, in this movie for what for what they gave him. Um, a lot of st- a lot of stuff this this movie got right. It got right the the look of the city, the the judge costumes, the angel gang, uh, the look of the the cursed earth, um, how the judicial system works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Just there's, but there's stuff they got wrong, like showing Dred's face and mm. uh, Anderson, not Anderson, um, Hershey. For some reason, 
being attracted to, to Dredd or having to kiss him at the end because... So that's some typical movie convention stuff mm. going down, yeah. affecting yeah. this movie. It's a man and woman on the screen. Of course Which, you're going to do that. For real. Yeah. Um, I, I do respect Dredd in that it didn't... It kind of, like, forgot about movie conventions and was like, you know what? We're going to do the red. Yeah, which is funny because, as I recall, Dread was made before the raid was. The raid happened to be released first. Oh, really? So then Dread automatically... Oh, well, Dread is just copying the raid. <laughs> well, what we really mean here is that it's like a self-contained... Yeah, um, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was... <laughs> back in the day, that's what the, the comparisons were. Oh, it's just a rip-off of the raid. Well, mm-hmm. Dread was made first. <laughs> actually, you know the raid how many it takes to make movies, you guys? <laughs> yeah. The raid actually came out before Dread. Yeah, before. it came out before, yeah, but was... they were they were being worked on at the same time. Oh, that's that's right. that's Dread was made happens. before, but the raid was released before Dread was. Got it. Hence people um, say, oh, it just ripped it off. D- Dread took a lot more um, post-production time for reasons that I, I hope are obvious if you watch the movie versus The Raid. The Raid has a lot more, like, um, just, you know, it. Y- you film it, you do some color grading, and then you could put it on. Whereas Dread, I watched, like, the high high definition on the big screen, and at the very beginning scene, I was surprised. Like, the green screen was very obvious for me. Um, And I think that's because they spend so much of their, their time and, and money on, you know, the the more important portion of the movie. Yeah. It took six months of post-production just for the slow-mo scenes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, sorry, Brent, continue. Uh, yeah, but I, I, as cheesy as it is, and it's definitely a movie that was made in 95, mm-hmm. um, I love Judge Dredd just for how it is. Um, when I was re-watching it uh, a couple nights ago, I noticed that... Uh, in that scene that that Keith mentioned, where they're flying the uh, the lawgivers or the lawmasters, excuse me, um, and in that chase scene, uh, there's a bunch of the other judges that uh, Dredd just kills, and yeah, I noticed that. No, uh, no thoughts of, um, and which is weird because. Uh, they're just doing their job. All as far as those judges know, J- uh, Dread went through the whole council. <laughs> that is definitely exactly one of my notes. Like uh, they weren't evil, and they're dead now. You just Shh, killed Judge some Dread is the people. main character of this movie. Nothing okay, he does yeah. is wrong. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. It's not mentioned. Uh, technically, <laughs> Dread should have. Uh, I don't know how many he kills. Uh, I didn't keep count, but it's at least half a dozen, if not more, uh, death counts uh, for yeah. killing judges. Those judges killed were and, and attempted my note. murder of a judge is death. Yeah. So yeah. just saying here, judge. Yeah. You should, I, they're like, let's put him at the head of the council. And he's like, I, I'm a street judge, and you're like, oh, yeah. He, you know, he killed a bunch of people, right? <laughs> I just, <laughs> just, I just like, happened to to notice that while watching. Was like, ah, what judge? Judge Tread just kind of killed a bunch of other judges. <laughs> huh. It's all in fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely stuff you're not supposed to think about. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to just enjoy the ride and then, you know, not think about, 
well, wait, in the how their judicial system works is this, 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 and this, which would equate this, and then, yeah. They, well, you're they on Touch Command. We think too hard about things here. Yeah. <laughs> they done fucked up Judge Dredd. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Fly through the air. How are you supposed to neutralize those judges and get them to stop pursuing you? Okay, yeah, certainly yeah. not a perfect like, movie, but enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's where we're at. Yeah, Fun, I, yeah. Would, I have a question. Go ahead. The lawmasters um, being kind of shitty and breaking all the time—that's that's comic book canon. Uh, I think that was for the movie. I don't. Okay. I don't recall the lawmasters ever flying. <laughs> They're just like huh. they were for a joke. They were yeah. They were literally just huge motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I seen it fly either. Uh, that, I, that that bit was a little fifth element to me. Why they did said, it? I I fucking love those lawmasters mm. in, in Judge Dredd. They are just cool looking. Uh, they're as big as the lawmasters that you see in the comics that are just ridiculously oversized and how the hell would you turn these motorcycles with with tires and wheels <laughs> that wide? Um, but yeah, I don't think they, I, as far as I can recall, I don't think they ever flew. Uh, they they had other uh, meat wagons and and cars and trucks and stuff that would hover or fly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Fantastic sky bike chase! I yeah, I love that uh, action sequence. Even though it killed a bunch of innocent people, it, uh, still loved it. It always makes me laugh when you have. Um, holograms in uh, futuristic stuff that uh, are solid. Like, there was that hologram that was opening and closing, and it was like a wall, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny to me. Uh, I don't know why. It's just, (laughs) you're gonna kill somebody with a hologram wall? Alright, do it, I guess. It's hard light. It's hard light, For no reason ever Uh at all. Yeah, hard light. That that exists (laughs) in the world. As Red Dwarf taught us, uh, a hard light hologram <laughs> allows the hologram to interact. Uh, you're right, you're right, Brent. With because world. you'd need that for a billboard. Yes. Because, yep. You'd need it to interact with, you know, just in case someone ran into it and you had an action sequence going through there. Otherwise, it <laughs> doesn't make any sense. And it's not just a billboard, it's a billboard that is probably 300 stories up. Yep. In, in the air. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hilarious. So I guess we, we, we liked it after all. It, maybe it just needed some time to age. Yeah, it I did. Like, Absolutely. Would, if, if somebody has not seen it and they want to just turn their brain off for a 90s action movie that has a little bit of comedy, fucking go watch Dread. It's cheap. It's it's not that expensive. Hell, you can buy it on Blu-ray for about ten bucks. And if you're mm-hmm. like just kind of starved for practical effects, like the the effects that like pulled off in here, are just so just aggressively refreshing for me that I yeah, yeah loved it far more than I thought I was. I was I, yeah, I was ready for Article. us to do nothing but make fun of this one and kind of crap on it and say. Nope. I can't believe they and like yeah, this was uh, it's going toe to toe with uh, it's. A uh, sequel esque type thing. Yeah, good. It was good. I'm surprised. <laughs> me too. Me too. That was fun. That was a great surprise to in, to enjoy. 
<laughs> definitely going to put it on my like popcorn movie list. You can't think too hard about it or it falls apart, but pretty fun. Um, I liked all the characters too. I like even even the little kid, the 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 kid of the academy who's like super impressed with him, and then yeah. was like all techie later on, like a fun character. Not there for long, but uh, yeah, he was solid. He was fun. Um, I, I, all his I, responses I, made sense. He like super looked up to Hershey and Dread, so he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll help you." Okay. And I love the gun so much. Oh my god, I wish they would sell me that thing. Um, and um, yeah, I'll even say I like this gun better than the uh, uh, Dread's gun. Or is it the? Tw- should we call it the 2013, 2012? 2012 Dread. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the '90s gun, a Lawgiver, more than the 2012 Lawgiver. Um, that was just a fantastic design. Is uh, it? I- is it because that it it has a voice? Both of them have voice activation. But is it because the '95 uh, Lawgiver like repeats what you say? <laughs> Double whammy. Because um, I think that has a lot clip. to do with it. It's Double a clip. Whammy. I don't like. I don't like uh, guns that have forward clips on them. Uh, if they're a pistol, I just mm. there's an automatic fail. I, I don't really look at guns that much. So when you said they were different, I was like, what do you mean? They're both the voice activated changes <laughs> all of the ammo types um, with one hand. Uh, and what's the difference? As a young man, I used to be quite a gun nut, actually. Like, I got, uh, like... Um, Keith, the, you know, I, when it comes to guns and ships, I just leave it to you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as a kid, like, uh, I was obsessed with guns and swords and their designs. And I just, like, over time, like, I just kind of noticed and it was sad. Like, it happened... At the end of the nineties, where he, the, the, it seemed like the movie stopped caring about the design of guns and swords, and they're like, just put a sword in his hand because, like, the the sword in the two uh, thousands Conan is just awful. And if you cared, you know, it, a little bit, you could have made it better. But yeah, mm-hmm. I like the gun design that that in the nineties went so good. Yeah. Cool. What you didn't want to see him try to take on the comic design of the Lawmaster or Lawgiver? I mean, I would have died. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed the the comic design somewhat. It's just oh, I, I'm also a, just a giant lover of the RoboCop gun. So anything that is basically a a reform of RoboCop pistol, which the Judge Dread gun is kind of a descendant of, I just get Gaga. Yeah, it, it has a very futuristic and and cool design, and just talks back at you. And yeah, it's it's. Agreed. It's it's awesome. I just surprise, looked up the surprise. comic book Lawgiver, and I, I like the movie <laughs> ones better. Yeah, the yeah. comic book is. Uh, yeah, appreciate the. Uh, you know, they definitely made a design. So, yeah. I wouldn't happy if it just had like a cameo, like on the back wall of past weapons or something like that. That'd be cool. Especially when they were like going through the. Oh, that was a scene that I thought was really funny, where he was like, "Okay, so what am I going to be teaching? Am I going to be teaching, uh, you know, marksmanship or whatever?" And then he was like ethics and then they jump over (laughs) they jump over to the academy and he's teaching them about guns (laughs) gun ethics (laughs) Uh, shooting people and next week your instructor will be john wick no (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh i would not mind lessons from john wick all right okay moving on to uh drug 2012 i think we don't need to spend too much time on that because in the intro we were all like we're here because of that one Mm -hmm. um I like Carl Urban. I like that he doesn't take his helmet off. I like that there's no romantic relationship between him him and the rookie. It's literally just like teacher student him teaching him, her. Um, I like 
that he is so clearly in his element and not bothered and like comfortable with doing his job that like even when there's five people running towards them with machine guns he's just like all right rookie call it let's see if you do it right i'm not worried about it i know what the right answer is go on tell me um i like a movie that's just it 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 doesn't pretend to be anything but action it's just like this is the world that we're in um it's us versus them um the judges try not to kill innocents that's part of their job uh it, it it's always a little messy but you know whatever um he he didn't go around you know destroying two floors mama did that i love lena Headley villains just like straight up she's terrifying i feel bad for the weasley kid i forget his name i'm sorry uh i love this movie that's uh, all that was uh oh, amazing he would, he are, you talking about the techie, are you talking about the techie kid she was torturing for most of the movie? Yeah, that kid. Yeah, Weasley. That's, that's General Hux from uh, the new Star Wars films. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. Yep, Donald yep. Gleason. Yep. Damn, Donald. Does Donald Gleason have a twin? Uh, no, I believe he's no, he, Brennan Gleason's only son. No, he's, so that he's was, not, he's not one of the twin the Weasleys. <laughs> that was a special effect in the movie? What do you mean? He didn't have a twin what? in that. Uh, I mean, in the uh, he was no, like, no, no. He he played Bill. He wasn't one of the twins. Okay. He was like an older Weasley. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, bummer. That's I've, all this time I'm thinking he's one of the twins. I'm always wondering. So which twin got the role? And no, now he, I think he's the brother that became a werewolf. Oh shit! That got married to the French girl. I don't remember. I have to rewrite my um, brain now. Uh, considering the shenanigans going on with Harry Potter right now, I don't really have much intention of ever rewatching them. So, like, whatever. Forget yeah. it. Right, right, Dad, right. Donald, what a what a sh- what a glow up this man had. I don't even remember he was in the Harry Potter movies because I've only ever seen those things once. <laughs> Just knew um, he was. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, I I was I was a, a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old when the movies the books first started coming out, so like I was that age, right? Yeah. Um I just looked up the Weasley twins and like I had to rewrite Bloodlights ten years of my life. Um <laughs> Oh, that's not him at all. They're completely <sighs> different people. Alright, anyway, yep. done with that. Um Okay. Oh. So anyway, I, I love Dread. Dread is a movie that I love a lot. I I really like Anderson's character as well. Um and this one also has a lot of like silly great one-liners. Um uh the, there's one that's like a set of two where the very beginning he's like ready and she's like yeah and he's like you don't, you don't look, look ready. ready and she's like yeah. uh adrenaline sir and then the shenanigans and uh they you know take care of all of the the corrupt cops. I mean corrupt mm-hmm. is relative. Then he asked her the same question again. Yeah. Yep. Ready? Yeah. You look, look ready. ready. <laughs> right. Um, I wrote down a bunch of one-liners, honestly, because I, 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 re- I really like them. Whatever. Like, For both I like the movies. Weight exchange. I, I like the weight exchange after he got shot through by the armor-piercing round. Yeah. It's the, it's the villain to go into a monologue and like, so why are you saying wait? So you can get shot from behind. Yeah. <laughs> wait for her to shoot you. Dread. Um, the judge funny thing about that sorry are you gonna do the whole no 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 (laughs) (laughs) um 
a thing that I find really funny about that is that that scene in particular is that he's like, okay, first aid kit. And then he, he sprays it with the, the fizzy stuff and then he staples it, which is cool. But yeah. that's the exit wound, my friend. Um, there's still a wound on your back. Maybe yeah. we didn't get to see that happen. <laughs> what do you mean? No, we saw him get shoot through the... Oh, I, I mean, mean, we didn't see him do his the back. He, he did just enough film <laughs> time for the front. You, you know what he, he did? And we just assume he did that to the back. And and really quickly, the other one-liner that I liked was, he's thinking about going for your gun. He's not thinking about that anymore. Was, ah, yeah, that is so drink. funny. You're like, yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, with with being shot in the back, if you look at the wall that the uh, the round came through, that, yes, that, that yeah, the hole in the wall is huge. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, the exit wound should be much bigger, honestly. Yeah. But you know what? Well, the entrance room, yeah, both of them should be a lot bigger. Oh yeah, another yeah, one's but... like rookie. You forgot your helmet. <laughs> A helmet can interfere with my psychic abilities. Like a bullet I think a bullet might interfere with them more. more. Yeah. Um, my, head cannon, my head cannon on that giant hole that was not in him was that maybe that bullet is like high velocity that explodes the uh, the concrete and it's just the bullet that pierced him. But the impact Right, that's the only thing I could figure because I, I, I don't want to get too caught up on the ballistics of that scene, obviously, yeah. but the, the shrapnel is about the only thing that could have possibly made it through that it wouldn't have caused that much damage, but if it was like, largely intact and the hole it left in the wall, yeah, he sh- his intestines should be hanging out. Yeah. Yes, that was glaring. I was like, uh... Armor-piercing round, baby! There you go. Oh, Indeed. yeah, that reminds me of another hotshot. Another one while we're talking about the gun. Um, At the very beginning in the, like, intro sequence where he's like, take care, hotshot. What did you say? <laughs> hot shot and the gun swaps <laughs> amazing <clears throat> yeah Melted so Keith how do you feel about literally. Dread <laughs> yeah for real um, Dread uh, the raid part 2 uh, I loved it I loved it I loved it um, I enjoyed the 3D when I saw it in the theater I oh. was just over the moon with how simple and straightforward it was it wasn't save the world uh, the action sequences were fantastic and tight and well done uh, he didn't take off his helmet he didn't take off his helmet just standing ovation for that carl urban's amazing uh gun was blarb but like i've come <laughs> around to <laughs> there's sometimes like if i i dislike a design i enjoy my dislike of it which i've come around on this gun to enjoying my dislike of it mm-hmm. and like uh, it has some function in it where that front clip isn't the bullet clip i eventually kind of started noticing it's like these special rounds so all right all right cool cool um I, uh, yeah, you know, somebody actually show him changing clips in Dread versus Judge yeah, Dread. Yeah, yes. and, and he actually runs out of ammo, and then he has to take ammo clips from the other judge. And the actress who played Anderson, freaking love her. So um, good. Uh, she's beautiful, she has great personality, and then uh, me and my friend were like, yeah, what else has she been in? She needs to be a star, and she's only in other stuff. Like, she's not that... She yeah, I looked explode. her up yesterday, too. Yeah, uh, she was well, in a movie my friend Because Dread didn't explode. Like, I feel like it, it still kind of ended up being pretty niche. Yeah. I think only uh, us nerds went to see it. Yeah. we And, like, everybody who saw it, like, we, we want Carl Urban and her to be stars. But, yeah, that was that was very disappointing. Um, I feel like Anya Taylor-Joy is uh, enjoying the uh, career that she could have had. Mm, uh, they mm-hmm. have, like, almost similar looks. And she's a great actress. Um, but, yeah, like... Old like statement, son. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go that far. She killed it. Um, I saw no lacking of skill on her part, and she has a striking look that I'd say is a rival for Anya Taylor Joy. 
Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, when, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Olivia, she was fantastic in this, and yeah, maybe yeah. she would have, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah, when, I guess we'll see. When when this movie came out, she was twenty six, and uh, Carl Urban was forty. He wasn't doing it at fifty at at, at uh, fifty like Stallone. I'm just saying, Stallone is aged like fine wine, my man. I, like I didn't know he was forty nine. I at back then. And, and he's still yeah. kicking out Expendables movies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I have a lot of love for Stallone, especially after watching his uh, documentary for remixing uh, Rocky Four. That oh like, yes, he's a massive geek. He deserves everything. God bless his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. We we already said like how much we love Dread. Oh, and the the costumes. Um, I uh, get mad at things when they get they try to make things more realistic. Uh, I feel like you're maybe ashamed of the source material, but oh my god, I love those uh, the costumes. I'd love to have one. I want to walk around in one and and be. Yeah, a part I think of that Brent game. agrees with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brent. I, like <laughs> I said, I your your, your costume is probably like why I've gotten back into it because I'm jealous of it. I want to walk like you and be with those people. So um, the funny thing about the the dread uniform, uh, since it is all leather mm-hmm. and you have a helmet so literally if you are all kitted out uh what you see of of carl's face that's the only part of your part skin of your body that, showing. Is, that is kissing air so yeah. incredible uh well, they don't make them with liquid cool systems on you all yet <laughs> uh people have worn cooling shirts um and People have done stuff uh, because there's a whole uh, group that still uh, troops uh, every year at Dragon Con in in uh, Atlanta in the summer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah, and does the parade uh, where it's you know reaching a hundred, and then you're in full oh. biker gear. Uh, you're saying that as much as I love the costume, be prepared for some pain. Yeah. It's going to be hot, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Suffer yeah. for your art, man. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so fucking cool together. <laughs> the, greatest so thing, cool. the greatest thing is much like Ghostbusters, which I've also done, is you get to be your own version in that world. Yeah, I know. Uh, you, can be, you can be Judge Dredd if you want. Uh, but why be Judge Dredd when you can be Judge so, yourself? So, Exactly. You so, question I have for you: Do you have the custom badge with your name on it? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, wait, Actually, where are you? Mine has magnetic, so I can I can take off Smith and I can put on Dread. Nice. You make yourself, judge, you make yourself judge Smith. Yeah, that's my oh, last name. Right. I, I know. I I I I would choose Judge Justice. I thought you'd choose like a, a nickname that like Judge, Judge Justice. Yeah, don't. good guy. I've been thinking. This has been so many years in my head. I mean, you do I use can... Justice generally, so it will work for you. But like, that's really funny, Keith. You have to know. I, mean, I, I have my head Judge. <laughs> I have my head a little bit. I may have had. Uh, <laughs> I may have had some some daydreams. Anyway, so the 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 fantastic thing about wearing. Uh, a judge uniform though when you're in a con situation uh when uh, just as a side when i've done uh ghostbusters there's a crowd around you uh asking you to stop every two seconds to take photos i've had right. people run across a convention center to come up and stop me to take photos uh so there's usually a crowd and 
Comic Cons anyway, there's a huge crowd. You have to remember mm -hmm. you have two feet behind you of a proton pack that you can't turn around and swing. Uh, or else you hit people. When you're in a judge uniform, the C's part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, you can call everybody citizen. Yeah, people get <laughs> out of your way. Um, I had a friend uh, that happened to be at, at one of the Emerald Cities. Um, oh, and I forget why her husband wasn't there. I think he was either taking care of the kids or working or something. So she was there alone. And uh, so she wanted to know if I'd walk the floor show floor with her. So I basically walked behind her uh, as her kind of security <laughs> escort. Yeah, and she said, "I have never felt so safe in a in a con environment than when you were mm -hmm. walking around with me." Because cool uh, people hell, just dude. part. And the the funny thing is. Uh, when you're wearing your helmet, you can still hear everything. Your hearing isn't uh, blocked off. Um, and I'm, I imagine that this is the same thing for anybody in a Mandalorian or Stormtrooper. So you can hear every other comment uh, of, oh shit, there's a judge. Oh, yeah. hey, get out of his way, he's going to judge me. So I keep my, my I don't react to anything because uh, I'm a judge. So unless there's a crime happening. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of fun to hear people's comments as uh, For sure. as you walk by. And then... All right, all right. I already miss cosplay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then since I am my own judge, I can take my helmet off when I get too hot. So uh, that is all. Well, you even got the approved stamp of approval from Carl Urban himself, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, so the, con the first Comic-Con oh. that I wore my gear to... Uh, Carl Urban uh, was guessing at. Uh, and uh, 2000 AD was there, they had a booth and, and Carl was there. So I met him and he approved my uh, my uniform. Nice. Uh, as nice. well as 2000 AD approved my uniform. Um, nice. And I uh, Carl was also doing, uh, with a couple of other artists from 2000 AD, uh, was doing a showing of Dread uh, in Seattle. So Man. I also got to walk from the convention center down to the Cinerama Theater, which is maybe four city blocks away, four or five. Mm -hmm. um, but I walked the streets of Seattle in my judge gear, mm -hmm. which was also kind of funny. Um, and, That's awesome, man. And, One of the really funny parts about like walking... In, in a town from a convention hall is that like you get even one or two blocks away and all of a sudden you know people don't know that there's a convention and yeah. they're just like what <laughs> yeah. uh, thankfully I was walking with other people uh, some other friends were also going to that that showing so I wasn't alone so I didn't just look like a crazy guy in kind of SWAT gear <laughs> uh, walking around um yeah, try walking through downtown Chicago wearing uh, Star Trek Rathacon duty reds. Yeah. You get a lot of turn heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I, I loved meeting uh, Carl Urban. He is so, so enormously proud of of Dread and has stated multiple occasions that he'd love to do the character again. Um, and such... That's because he's also so, so incredibly nerdy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, just a, a fantastic... Uh, uh, guy to talk to, but um, 
yeah, that uniform is is hot as all get out. Uh, it's expensive. Um, but even uh, as far as uh, what I'd suggest to Keith, if you want to to get a uniform, get at least a helmet. Yeah. Uh, there are many makers out there that make uh, the judge helmets. Uh, just seek out a a maker that actually makes them that does runs of them. Uh, don't you know buy some chintzy one-off SD or or something like that. Uh, uh, go out to hunt a professional maker, and then you can at least have a a dread bucket on your your desk. You saying not to do an Anderson costume? <laughs> I mean, you can if you want to be a side judge. And uh, then not have a helmet. Huh? Yeah. You want to be a You heard it, everyone at home. Get yourself a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably one of the uh, easiest things to do. Uh, there's other companies now that make dread leathers. Um, um, can Is it okay to ask, is there a, a range I should be prepared for to get myself a judge jacket? Uh, that depends. Are you getting a leather jacket or a pleather jacket? Yeah. What are the what are the ranges on either? Uh, yeah. Again, it depends on how authentic you want to go. Uh, Keith, go do your research. Yeah, <laughs> fine, a lot fine. of a lot of people <laughs> will get close enough uh, leathers uh, because the armor goes over that. Um, and then once the you have your shoulder, back, and and chest armor on. You don't really see that much of the of the jacket, um, so you can kind of get away with a almost close enough leather or pleather jacket as long as you have the armor on. All right. Um, so I mean, you can go. You don't have to go balls to the wall like I did. Um, you can, you know, go cheaper routes. Um, and once you're in Not full bad. gear, it's like anything else. No one gives a shit. Uh, you know, people just uh, seeing... see the overall judge dread or judge costume, and they're yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you, the... you've got a chain, you've got an eagle, you've got a huge shoulder pad, you've got a badge on your your chest. Forget it. Yeah, I'm seeing yes, combined like the jacket and armor, which I thought was one thing, uh, like six hundred bucks about. All right, nerds, this is delightful, but we got to talk about the movies. Yes. <laughs> Move on. Um, Keith, yeah. what was yeah, your opinion? Uh, finally, you loved it. It was great. Uh, final, yeah, final uh, is uh, tight, fantastic, well done. Boom, boom. Cool. MJ, what do you, what do you think about Dread 2012? You're muted. Um, oh, maybe he's busy. Yeah, okay, he is. Brett, he has two kids. what do you think about it? Uh... Dread was fucking fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it obviously because I spent a buttload <laughs> it, of money. It convinced to, you to spend all of that money on an amazing costume. <laughs> yeah, uh, and from a a guy who was just deciding to do it, so I kind of you know took a risk. Uh, but what the ninety five movie got the world building correct. Uh, they got the look of Mega City One. They got the costumes and whatnot. What Dread did was they got how the law works uh, from the comics and what the judges are um, to the core. Uh, they made the the costumes a little bit more realistic and believable. 
um, as far as what kind of you know you would think judges would go around uh, looking like. Uh, but as as kind of we've mentioned before, of you know, uh, Dread walking up to peach trees, uh, sees the a vagrant says, you know, yeah, it's uh, however much time in the cubes. I don't want to see you when you come back. When you come back, or you know, uh, when he was following the the perps in the beginning, um, and he was kind of telling him you know, that dude, all the laws he broke and how much time, and, you know, he was going to offer him life without parole. Uh, and they get the, that movie got how the law works in that world. Um, and how prioritize bigger crimes. Yeah. Yeah, I was and, surprised about the homeless guy when he came by, he's like, you're going to ISO cube. I was like, oh, he meant it. Yeah. I, I thought he's just being nice. Like, no. no, he's no, nah, he's like, if you're here when I get back, you're going in the isocube. Yeah. You're still here. You're going in the isocube. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Didn't work out for that guy, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why when at the... Uh, you should know to take a judge at his word, man. Yeah, at, mm. at the end of the uh, the movie, when after Dredd gets shot, uh, and the other judge is going, you know, do you know, or first when he's talking to Mama, it goes, do you know who who you're up against? She goes no, and he goes. Well, I do. So it's a million. Uh, and then when he's confronting Dread, and he goes, you know, the, the Judge Dread finally gets on the wrong side of a gun, and all you can say is wait, because he is the <laughs> fucking standard. He is the gold standard of street judges. Because um, he doesn't take shit, you know, and he is. Literally, the law. The law. <laughs> um, and there's, it's not black and white. or it, uh, No, it very much is black and white. It is, you broke the law, or you <clears throat> haven't broken the law. There's no fucking gray area. Uh, unless you're kids. Yeah, unless... unless no, not really. <laughs> I mean... He, he, he offered him death or iso cubes, and then he just went down and said, stun! Well, and just knocked yeah, him out. stun. Well, they're going to the ice cubes. They're going to the ice. They're going to the juve cube cubes. He's still going to the juve cubes. Um, He's not going to not punish them because they're kids, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yep. Well, okay. They're going to juvenile uh, ice cubes. Juve cubes. Um, Or we would at least. That almost sounds dirty. Do we know the differences between ice cubes and and juve cubes? Do they get like a little more space, better food? I think it's just. Or it's just the only differences they're around other. Yeah, I people. think it's just a juvenile section. I'm guessing, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they really got the the judge culture correct because even at the end of the movie, uh, you see, you know, Dred's been shot. Uh, he fixes, kind of patches himself up. We're gonna disregard the the entrance wound from the back from his back. Um, <laughs> He continues and goes on throughout his day. He continues to go He's on. He's like, all right, getting back my motorcycle. Yeah. Bye. In the comics, I think judges only get about 10 minutes of sleep time. Awesome. Uh, they don't have, like, as far as I remember, they don't have, like, big apartments that, like, Judge Hershey had in, in uh, or, uh, you know, we have a life. No, they are fucking judges, and there's something... There's like some kind of sleep tube, as I'm 
trying to remember. I don't remember what's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it has like kind of accelerated sleeping. Uh, so they sleep for like 10, 10 or 20 minutes and then they're back out on the street. Because there's so much population and there's so much crime that happens. You can't have judges sleeping for eight hours. Uh, could you imagine being awake for 99.99% oh, of the day? Yeah. And just Holy running around hell. shooting people. No, thank you. Um, okay, without the, the shooting I, people. Yeah, but, yeah. That's the thing that I found interesting. So the, the, the Judge Dredd Stallone 1995, they kind of want to like suggest that most of the time the system works. They're like, ah, now we lost a bunch of judges, so now it no longer works. But most of the time it was okay. Dredd does not fuck around with that. Right at the offset, he's like, why do you want to be a judge? She's like, I want to make a difference. He's like, we, there's this much crime. We can respond to 6% of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, no joke. They know, they know the system doesn't work. It's authoritarian. It's, it's, a, it's a meat grinder, like that other dude says. Yeah, it's, it's a broken system. Um, but, you know, when they've got to that point, what the fuck can you do? When you're living in a city exactly that, what they're doing. that big, mm-hmm. um, I mean... That populated. Yeah, that populated, that densely populated, and you have to try to keep everybody safe as you can. Um, I mean, in, unemployment is through the, like, 98% or 96% or something like that. Um, yeah, it's... You know, it, a dark future. It's, yeah, it's a dark future. Um, that is fun to read about. Yeah, and it it yeah, the dread movie shows you um, without showing you you know the entire world, but it shows you one kind of condensed uh, block mm-hmm. of how that world works. And, yeah. and it's great. Mm-hmm. Dread is definitely on my list of universes I would never want to live in, even slightly. Yeah, wouldn't mind visiting if I have plot no, armor. No, don't visit it. You and will plot die. Armor. It's plot not armor. worth it. <laughs> plot armor and a cool jacket. Yeah, and a sidearm. Yeah, and a, and a flying flying motorcycle. Yeah. Well, it does anyway. beg the question: What do people in that world do for vacations? They don't. <laughs> not what do you mean? Outside of the vacation, not, outside of the city, there's only the cursed earth. What? What? what yeah, are right. you there are different you blocks that are are dedicated to. Uh, entertainment. Um, and not having read enough of the comics, I mean, how does the economic world of Dread work? I mean, is there really a 1% like there is in every other futuristic setup, or is everybody just in the same shitholes as everybody yeah, no, else? It's, there's like a 1%. Oh, there is. They, get their, they get their own mega city block, okay? Yeah. Cartoon logic. Uh, the, the other thing that... That's cyberpunky. That, uh, I said it's cyberpunky. Yeah. Uh, I guess I just haven't seen it in either one of the movies, and I guess I haven't read enough of the comics to see if they really delve into any portion of that. Here's something that they do mention. Sorry, they do mention that Mama uh, used to work in a pleasure district. So Uh, here's something really disturbing: Uh, when he says, Mm -hmm. uh, "You know, I got five bodies for recycle," and even in the '95 movie, when uh, you Mm -hmm. hear the robot or the the droid going, "Eat recycled food." Oh. It's great for the environment, okay for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Elaine, green. Is it made out of soil and green? Yeah, it's totally green. That's human. 
Listen, mm-hmm. when that when that when that corrupt judge says this is a meat grinder, he's being very literal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bodies go mm-hmm. in and meat comes yeah, out. There's there's no real place for livestock. How how else are you gonna feed exactly. all these people? With people. Yeah, that's Oops and dreams. There's a lot of stuff that, that just <laughs> Can't flies that. over your head until you start thinking about of oh oh yeah no oh um do we Johnny, that other, is Johnny. Do you have any other specific uh, comparisons that we're going to hit, or should we just start shooting the notes? Uh um, uh, MJ hasn't given us his opinion of dread yet, Mister MJ. Oh hi, um. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great uh, training day mixed with Die Hard movie. Um, I honestly had a little bit of trepidation going into it because I had lasting bad memories of the 95 movie and was pleasantly surprised. And I, I didn't actually check it out initially. I had to hear about it for about three or four years from everybody else about how great it was before I finally watched it. <laughs> I'm weird like that. But anyway, um, Carl Irving kicked ass as always. And I guess I didn't realize that first time I saw it until I watched it again, how much it was just as much, if not more of an Anderson movie than it was dread because yeah, she was the one who actually had the arc in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you follow her and watch her grow and become who she was at the end of it, which is kind of, but you know, which is kind of by design because that's inherent to who dread is. He is who he is. He's not going to really grow too much. So that was kind He's of a smart law. thing by, <laughs> right. That was a smart thing by Garland and Garland even said it outright that's the way he designed the script for it so yeah it was fun i mean i've always been a big fan of alex garland too and yeah so yeah it was pretty awesome, it could be awesome said that he was maybe a co-director for the movie and it's another one of those where um the production was massively troubled and it, it i keep on seeing how much troubled movies and lots of difficulty usually makes for really great movies yeah, because, uh, well, Garland wrote the script, obviously, but uh, he did not actually direct any of it. He basically took over production of the movie from the editing on, because mm-hmm. the production team kicked Pete Travis off for yeah, whatever reason. The, the director got you know, kicked off editing, and yeah, there's some tension on, like, they're like, ah, dude, this is not what we wanted, and they made it into what they wanted, but I, or actually, they made it into something the best they could have, and uh, yeah, someone mentioned like yeah, there's no director's commentary on the Blu-ray or DVD because like maybe no one wants to say anything about the final result, which was really good. And that's what's Comment. kind of a well, that's what's kind of a bummer because um, Carl Urban, like you guys have mentioned before, he's talked for years about wanting to be able to do a sequel, you know, whether it's another movie or a series, but he doesn't want to do it without Alex Garland. And Alex Garland has said outright he has no intention of ever coming back to it. Ah, dude. Yeah, because he was well. turned off by the experience of making the movie. Another David Lynch Dune oh. experience sounds like. The fact is, a, a lot of movies are difficult to make. <laughs> That's heartbreaking because they mm-hmm. killed it on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah really I'd, l- I'd love to see Garland come back to it. I really it's would. It's just like a lot of vying for control, and then like who gets cast and who doesn't, and people want favors, and you know, a lot of Hollywood runs on favors, mm-hmm. and then like they want to give it to somebody else, and it's costing too much money, etc, etc, etc. I gotta say, though, the Dread Final product really doesn't show that it had that, like... Right. Yeah. Since you were, you just mentioned the editing in passing, um, 
a thing that I love about Dread that we don't see in action movies a lot is that they used color. Like yes. When, when they go into lockdown, everything goes red until the doors are shut and then the lights come back on. Um, the, the, the medical bay was like all greens. There were a bunch of places that are really warm, like ambers and reds. When they walked into the uh, room where they were making all of the slow-mo, it was all yellow. And that's without even mentioning the slow-mo effect itself, which mm, I love. I don't care if it's kitschy. I don't think that it is. Like, it's all glowing, glistening. That's a really cool expression of, like, the weird effect that drugs have on the brain and on perception. I love, I love the that editing. effect. And I, I, I'm kind of bummed I didn't see it in 3D because I would have loved to see that effect that it played on the screen in 3D. It was, yeah, it was, it popped. It was gorgeous. And it plays into the final punishment, dessert punishment of Mama. And, and her blood is so red. Yes. Yeah, the color, the vibrant color of that uh, movie is something that I need more in more movies. Thinks like only seems like only Marvel is really trying to make popping colors anymore. Well, you know, it's the other funny thing about those scenes, the slow-mo scenes, hmm. the uh, background music they use for those. It's a Justin Bieber song slowed down to one eight hundredth of a speed. Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did not know. I mean, yeah. I knew it was. I knew it was slowed down music. It it, it had to be, but really, it's, it's Bieber. All right, it's 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 Bieber. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, um, just want to make note. Uh, anytime a wire, ca- some, uh, someone from the wire shows up in a movie, I always want to make note because the wire is the best TV show ever made, and yet um, K is. Avon Barksdale, the one of the king drug dealers from The Wire. So it's kind of nice to see him. It's an unfortunately to see him be such a low tier uh, bad guy when he was like a king monster in The Wire. But uh, I thought he did a pretty good job as well in this movie. Yeah, having the mental battle he had with uh, Anderson. Yes, the back and forth mm-hmm. was uh, clever, well edited, well played out, well acted. Like yeah, they're on point, and it's 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 always it's very interesting, like how this was not like uh, a a cooperative co- vision that the producers and directors wanted. This is like a compromise that turned out fantastic. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, that battle, I really like how it shows that like Anderson really is paying attention all the time because. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's like at the very beginning, before any of the drama goes down, they're they're finding out about Mama, and uh, somebody just casually is like, "Oh yeah, apparently she took over everything because she, uh, you know, feminized that one guy." Yes, and then she's like, "Oh, oh, I remember this. Her underlings will definitely know about this. Let me use this." I had to run that line in my head three times before I was like, "Oh, oh!" You're like, like feminized. What feminized is that? Oh, oh, oh! Okay. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Feminize you with his teeth, like goddamn. Or and all they had to do was show her on her knees with blood on her mouth. Yeah. <sighs> um, Lena Headey, I love her. Uh, she she's in the very underrated Sarah Connor Chronicles uh, that everyone should see. It's fantastic. Uh, she also deserves to be a, I would say a bigger star, but like she's already pretty much worldwide famous. Yeah, but, Game of Thrones did that. Yeah. Which I mean, I think she should have been famous before that, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, yeah, like I, she deserves to be in a big movie, but yeah, 
big movies these days are Marvel movies. So what Marvel movie will she be a part of? Um, the not Weasley twin. Uh, he, I, it, I'm not sure. I did, God, he, how many years? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I noticed that the first couple times that, um, the torture was ripping out his eyeballs and putting in cyber eyeballs. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how much I noticed that. I was, I was uh, like, like until this time, I just assumed it was like hyper drug use that blackened his nope. eyes. But she, yeah, she thumbs his eyes out and then sticks mm. new ones in when he's still mm. bleeding. Woo! Go, mama! God damn, you're man, you're just a freaking monster. Yeah, uh, and there's an interesting point there about like Judge Dredd being super like this is the law we follow the law that's it no other questions. Meanwhile, Anderson, who's totally new, she's like, "Well, you already failed me because I lost my weapon, and I can tell with my psychic abilities that this dude's just been tortured and abused. So I'm gonna let him go. Sorry." Yeah, and I think she helped him go by the end of the movie um, because through being an organic human and and dispensing justice that way, if he was um, strictly by the book, he would have failed her. But he saw that, like, yeah, you know what? A little reminder that a little humanity isn't bad and passed yeah. it. So I uh, actually she helped him. Mm-hmm. About him being more cynical, actually, than um, the other Dread, which in part makes sense because of the way that they built the world. But also that gave him the opportunity for that moment of it being like, you know what? Maybe a fail isn't a fail. Mm-hmm. Although <laughs> he let her walk up thinking she failed and just... Just wallow in her failure for uh, I don't know how long until someone tells her, no, no, you passed. Yeah. Just I'll be let good her walk for out. No worries. Oh, or actually, I was kind of wondering, like, there was like this, like, look on her face where she was so um, accepting of the failure that I wonder if she wants the job. Like, after that horrific nightmare of an ugly day. Like, <laughs> Maybe I can't make a difference after all. Or, like, would you, like, yeah, or do you want to go back to being uh, a slaughterer of people and you know, being in the mix where you have to experience like all these innocent people dying. Like after she, she didn't seem sad when she walked away. Um, she did say she grew up on a block like that. So I'm sure she's experienced some violence. I think this Mm -hmm. is the first time that she's been the one enacting it. Cause she had that moment where she like, didn't want to shoot that one guy. And then it's like, it's your job. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So like, Hey, you got the job. She's like, Oh, the nightmare, like flashback just goes before her eyes. Oh, thank God. If anything, that's the judge. last part of the movie that really does mirror the end of uh, Training Days. You remember at the end of Training Day, Ethan Hawke gets out of the car, walks in his house like, well, that day sucked. I'm just going to go inside and go sleep with my wife. Mm. So, I, I know very little <laughs> about Training Day, but um, what, what, wasn't the person training him corrupt? Is that a different movie like that? No, yeah, no, no, that's right. That was the one movie that Denzel Washington's one best actor for, oddly enough. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, Garland took a lot of inspiration from Training Day, but that mm-hmm. that's one of the things that kind of tickled me of watching her walk off, just beating like the hell today. I'm just going home, taking a shower. And it's like, yep, it's just like Ethan Hawke at the end of Training Day. Mm-hmm. Um, little uh- piece of prop love was uh, the Weasleys. Uh, um, not Weasleys. Is the not twin Weasleys <laughs> for 10 fucking years of my life. Okay, okay, uh, okay. It has a trackball on it. I love the design of it. It's just like, the uh, old future tech in there, and he had a trackball on his keyboard, and I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, they they had like hardline stuff. Like when they they went down to like hack the security room or whatever, it was literally just like a <laughs> box that they plugged in. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Where like you know you they the security guards in the building of one of the most crime lords of all time don't have their security room set up as a fortress. They're just chilling. They have their legs up on the on the on the table, like napping, playing cards. <laughs> like you're surrounded by. Just armies of armed bad guys. But ah, we'll be fine. We're dead. Well, yeah, but again, dude. it's a police state, but there's mm-hmm. not enough police. So if you're a security guard and you're lucky enough to a have a job uh, where mm-hmm. you're a security guard in one of those blocks, it's almost like as long as they don't, you know, yeah, they um, can do whatever they like- want. As long as if we, if we don't bother them, they won't kill us. Exactly. Oh yeah, yep. they killed us. Exactly. Oops. Um, because the judges showed up. It's the judges' yeah. fault. Those goddamn <laughs> judges. Uh, it was a six percent chance, man. Um, quick props to Judge Dread. Uh, that giant robot. Fuck yes. <laughs> um, that that thing gets to go at the same bar as Ed Two Hundred Nine. That was a great. Which I don't think that uh, robot ABC, that had a horrible. I don't think those robots actually show up in Judge Dread. The ABC robots. I think that's a totally different comic. Um, interesting. They added. Yeah, I, I do. Oh yeah, yeah. It, they do come from a different comic book. Um, but there was robot. There was a robot. There were robot judges, which was a, a fun comic book to read. Huh. But like the design was just great, yes. and um, the final showdown with it was uh, sadly anticlimactic. As uh, Rob Schneider just kind of you know crossed some wires, got him. Like oh, I, I do know. want to make fun of that bit um, because when he first when when Rico first finds the robot. He literally crosses two wires to turn it back on, right? He just reconnects two wires. It works perfectly normally. Mm-hmm. And then Rob Schneider has to rip out like 20 wires before it dies. I'm like, if it's gonna, <laughs> if it's gonna only take one wire to work again, it should only take one wire to stop working. You guys. See, it was decommissioned, so that just means that you clipped a wire and then dececommissioned. Right. So if you clip that wire again, it should just go go yeah, down. But- or or we it did mm-hmm. we they he did take it back to base where they have like scientist people and they take that the one lady who does everything uh-huh. for all the villains yep. was I was like, gonna say oh. she did it she made it uh, more functional that you need to uh, rip off more wires to break it but they, they said her name once and I was like maybe I should write it down they'll say it again they did not they did not say it again <laughs> oh Elsa oh that's right Elsa yes. <laughs> wait was that yep. her real name or are we just saying that no, that that's sounds dumb. right. No, that was her name, Elsa. Oh, wow. If okay. there's one thing that Sounds the 95 right, Judge Dredd movie got correct is its logic. Uh, there's no logical fallacy in that movie at all. It is uh, perfectly logically sound all the way through. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Not Hard even science. the entire movie. I would say that, you know, I put on the level of the very underrated Pluto Nash, which, <laughs> to my surprise, was fantastic. Um, not to change the subject too hard, but yeah, I was well. I was watching Judge Dredd. I was like, uh, Pluto Nash also had similar like sets, backgrounds, action sequences, and a feel of the world. And it was not as dumb as the commercials made out to look like it's going to be. But yeah, Pluto Nash, check it out. Commended, noted. Mm. Um, do we have anything in particular we want to say about either movie, or are we good to jump into which Dread is the best Dread? And we don't need a real answer at the end. P.S. It's subjective. 
Let's see. Uh, I have specific questions to ask. I'm just okay. asking if you're ready to move on. I, I want to check through my notes, but um, yeah, go for the specific questions, and then like uh, if a note comes up, I'll, I'll bring it up. Cool. Which dread do we feel had the best world building? Um, the first. I, I like both of them. Ninety five obviously showed us more of the world, um, and uh, two thousand twelve showed us like specifically one what one mega block might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that really stood out to me though is that like when we have that overarching view of the the whole mega city in um, the two thousand twelve, you have the mega blocks, and then everything else pretty much looks like how we have it now. So I liked the like crowded messiness of the ninety five more. That makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I will actually give a point to ninety five on this one. All right, Brent. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I think as far as the overall world uh, goes, from the mega cities to the cursed earth, um, it it shows a lot more of of what was the uh, the the comics, um, especially at the time. Um, and you you got to see the Council of Judges. You kind of got to see how the judicial system mm-hmm. works. Um, but yeah, the Mega City one, how it looked, that was spot on. Um, the difference between the Mega City and the Cursed Earth, uh, spot on. Um, I also agree in the the 2012. You see the Mega uh, the blocks, but then yeah, it's besides the the freeways being widened, it very much looks like, well, that's a lot of space. I don't see mm-hmm. how everybody would be cramped. Um, because, yeah, in, in the, the comics, they built up. Um, because, you know, there's... It it does... Mega City 1, you can't yeah, Mega City <laughs> 1 does go on the Eastern Sea Block. Uh, I mean, there's three main mega cities in the US. You have Mega City 1, which is the eastern uh pretty much the entire east coast. Uh you have Tech City, uh which is Texas. And then you have Mega City 2, uh which I believe got nuked to hell. Uh but that was the west coast kind of starting up at the uh beginning of Washington and think going halfway down to California. Everything else in the middle Dang. is the cursed earth irradiated yeah. uh and then you have uh australia has a a mega city i think all of japan is a mega city uh there's ireland it already is yeah ireland has their own mega city and there's one in england and one in russia in japan i forget yeah all yeah all oh, of japan. japan okay um yeah so that's only that's my first uh, Judge Dread comic book experience. Yeah, the Japan one. Yeah, so those are the main. Oh, does does Dread move from city to city? Uh, I saw him. Yeah, visit Japan. a lot of times he'll visit um, because the storyline will dictate um, he goes and right. visits. Uh, there's also the uh, the prison colony on Titan. On the, on oh wow! The Titan Moon. Um. I think there's something on our moon. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, it, I would love a space adventure. it does give uh, the 95 movie does give a lot of good 
world building. Um, I think the 2012 feels more lived in because um, it's just more gritty and real and, and whatnot. And uh, but yeah, I give point for world building to the the 95. Right on, MJ. Same thing. Yeah, the 95, uh, they, you see, they cover a lot more territory and they give you a better idea of the world that they're all inhabiting. It would have been nice if they threw a little more grit on it like they had in tw- 2012. Hmm. But it, the thing with the 2012, it almost feels like that took place in a suburb of Mega City 1 as opposed to, like, the real meat of Mega City 1, whereas in, you know, 95, it was Blade Runner 2.0. Everything was built up to the sky and stacked on top of each other, which is what they build up in the comics and what you'd mm-hmm. expect of everybody being crammed onto the eastern seaboard of the United States. So, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the 95 camp as well. 75 million people. Keith? Hey, um, with you, uh, so I'm with most of you guys, uh, or I'm with you guys, so surprise, man, I, I went to uh, 95 looking to like crap on it and laugh at it mm-hmm. and fell in love with that life on that world and the, the world that they built is beautiful. Um, and like I kept on thinking though, like so, do you want this? How it would would I want this to be how it looked if they made another one? And I don't know. Like the um, world that they built uh, in 2012 is so solid and it looks so good, and you could feel being in it so much easier. That you know, I I feel, I feel like that's the successful way to go and try to like you know try to try harder with more money to build out that world is like the direction they should go. But if, like, I were to ask them, hey, Keith, don't worry about the money. This is one specifically for you. What do you want? I'll say, 95, 95, make it 95 again, please. And and then, like, swap out the characters for the characters in the 2012 one. And then you'd have my perfect Judge Dredd. Um, and also, really quickly, um, if you want a spiritual successor to 2012 Dredd with Carl Urban... Watch the unfortunately uh, underrated Almost Human. Which oh is, my god, I love Almost Human. But me too. I'm, I'm so upset. Listen, yeah. it only made it half a season, so be prepared. But yeah, the, like we're watching. Look up the yeah. wiki so you can find out the episodes in the correct order. Because oh, the yeah, broadcast yeah. order so Fox, was not correct. Fox did the same thing that it did Firefly. with Firefly, Firefly. where Damn it kept it, changing its time zone. It, it kept Ugh. changing up what time it played. It randomly like cut the season down. It played the episodes in the wrong order. Where there's like, okay, so it's not really a spoiler because this is the very basic plot. Uh, Carl Urban is uh, a cop who comes back and he gets given a partner who's a robot, but he doesn't trust robots. The robot is almost human, or maybe it's Carl Urban that's almost human. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, it, um, it, had, it takes place in a, a walled off city. Like there's like, it, it feels what's like on the other side of the wall. We don't know. Okay. And so, we, while we were watching it, we were just like, every episode we were like, Oh my God, that was awesome. It's going to get canceled. It's going to get canceled. canceled. Yeah. We knew it was so. going to get canceled anyway. So yeah. there's a very important, plot point for Carl Urban's character, which is that initially he doesn't trust robots, and then you have to build that trust up with his partner. Well, when they aired the episodes out of order, it really fucked with that, because on one episode he'd be trusting him, and then yes. on the next one, all of a sudden he's back to like, oh, I hate robots, and you're like, this isn't yeah. right. <laughs> so, th- there's many reasons it was cancelled, but mostly because it got fucked over. Yeah. yeah. So, so definitely have watch a, it anyway, some it's more good. Fun, more fun with Carl Urban, in Judge Dredd-esque, but prettier. 
almost human. Yeah. Please give that some well, love. It's funny that you say the characters, Keith, because actually that's the next one on my list. Characters, hmm. better, 2012, 95. What do you think, Captain? I think you already said that you prefer the 2012, but please elaborate. Oh, oh, uh, uh, so, uh, yes, I love the 2012 once more. Like, the 95, they didn't care. They didn't give a shit. Uh, they, he was just playing Sylvester Stallone Part 2 of Demolition Man. Uh, I liked Hershey. Uh, she was cool. Um, I liked the robot. We'll keep the robot. We'll keep that casted um, and recasted, make more of those. But have him fight uh, Anderson and Carl Urban. So, yeah, 2012. <laughs> Cool. Um, MJ? As far, um, as far as the ancillary characters around Dread, 95. It was more, it was more interesting variety, more interesting characters he could have told further stories with. Agreed. Except okay. for Anderson. I would keep Anderson from 2012, and I would keep Carl Urban from 2012. Okay, so two two categories for you. You have ancillary ca- characters better in ninety five, and uh, main characters better in twenty twelve. Correct. Cool. Um, that actually makes it easier for me because I was like heck of waffling. I agree that I think Carl Urban is a better dread. I really like both Anderson and Hershey, except for the the bit at the end with Hershey. <laughs> um, I like how she was invested in you know making him a little more human, but that doesn't really work for judges. Anyway, that was a lesson that she needed to learn in the future, but instead they were like, oh no, he learned the lesson. But, Keith, this is really funny to me also, because the 95 movie had a theme of, like, pick family over the law, and I was like, oh, Picard was doing that, but I didn't like that direction. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I love Anderson. I also like Hershey. I really like that rookie kid. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna split it as well. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, Mega Say One, the TV show that they keep on trying to say is going to be about, yeah, like rookie kids like that being judges. And yes, that's what I want if it ever happened. Brent, 95 or 2012 characters? Yeah, the problem is that there was just not any other characters in the 2012 uh, because you have Dredd and Anderson I mean, and Mama. Um, you also have the the mama's guy. Yeah, you have yeah, yeah. Um, not Weasley twin. You have Carl Urban's boss. Yeah, but it doesn't. It it's so a uh, microcosm of that specific mm-hmm. block. Um, so yeah, I I I kind of agree that Dread and Anderson um, and even the Chief Judge uh, were all fantastic in the 2012 well all the characters were um but the 95 also gave you a lot of you know besides hershey's stupid kiss at the end hershey was great um the kid in the academy being all excited that yes i helped he was great (laughs) um even the the rookie judge who was like yeah, now it's my turn, and then got shot to hell for his his uh, enthusiasm. Oh, the rookie at the very beginning. Yeah. That poor yeah. thing. <laughs> he, <laughs> that was funny. Immediate death. He was great. I got this. He's like, rookie, wait! Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think the the perfect would just be a blend between the two. Um, 
you know, it's it's not a thing of of well, the 2012 is superior because they had all the superior actors and storyline and oh, the characters were more from the rip from the <laughs> comics. Now they're both great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of split as well. If you could take the best parts from each movie, I think you would have a perfect dread universe. And how about that Angel family, huh? They were fantastic. Angel family is that the in the waste? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With mm-hmm. with uh, yeah, God, they were well designed. With Mean Gene, yeah. Fun bad guys to beat up and kill. Yeah, yeah. Five surprise, surprise. Kept the effects. The effects on Mean Gene, like the 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 machinery built into his body, like that. That was good. Uh, you mean the cyber arm? Yeah. yeah. Or, but, no, but he, had like, he, he had like a rod in his chest and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Mean Machine. That's, mean that's machine. what his name was. Um, I was wondering if it was um, a problem uh, next generation, actually. If he was like <laughs> his uh, Borg arm. <laughs> yeah, that, that makeup on him was was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dread. Bring your game up. Where are your cyborgs besides the not Weasley? Yeah, besides not Weasley, where you had the CGI his irises. Ooh. Uh, yeah all to find out me machine was designed by versace as well <laughs> you know actually i think it's very interesting that they got that versace um design because uh, as we were talking about earlier the world of dread is very much an authoritarian kind of nightmare mm-hmm. and famously uh authoritarians have a tendency to be very well dressed uh I- i'm sure this is not uh, news. Well, maybe it is for some of you. Um, some a little uh, costuming tidbit. Costuming is the wrong word here. I'm sorry. Like fashion history tidbit is that the um, Nazi uniforms were designed by Hugo Boss. So what? having like a very high level atelier design the costumes for the authoritarian empire is very like on point for. Yeah, that's very interesting. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. Well, that just that's got super dark. Weird. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that's a little clue what? that the Judge Dread universe is not a good one. Yeah. Uh. Just looking back at all authoritarians, like man, they're well dressed and had cool costumes. Yeah. yeah oh, because the uniform shit. is part of the thing. Oh shit. That's uh. In fact, a bit like not not to go too dark into this, but um um brutalist architecture, which. I actually like the look of brutalist architecture, but that that was also designed for a purpose of authoritarianism to just be like, this is a structure that is impregnable. You can never beat us kind of atmosphere. And the fact that the, the mega city blocks are basically that is mm-hmm. also really building that, that universal viewpoint. Authoritarian monsters. Yeah. They're the heroes. Speaking of which, my next my next thing is the law. Yeah. Um, Brent, you've already talked about this, so I guess you'll go with 2012 on this uh, one? Yeah. It, it shows very much more how the law in Judge Dredd works. Uh, or how the, the judicial system um, works versus you know, uh, Stallone just good. I am the law! <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew you'd, you'd say, say that. that. Such a terrible one. Uh, he does Liner. give, like, at the very beginning, uh, he does give some uh, um, uh, statutes uh, to the criminals. Um, that's kind of as 
far as it goes. Um, other than that, you know, he's you know quickly framed and then you know supposed to be shoved off to a, a penal colony some betrayed yeah, by the somewhere Lord. I don't know where that penal colony is um, somewhere on Earth. Um, oh, Aspen, that's what it was. Um, but the 2012 very much shows exactly the because it's a sl- it's a slice of life uh, sh- uh, movie. You're mm-hmm. seeing a yeah, yeah. pretty much a 24 hour period of Andred's life, um, and you're seeing how the law works through Anderson's eyes because Anderson is very much our surrogate um, in that mm-hmm. movie, and yeah, it. It shows you, you know, you do any kind of crime, you're fucked. You're either going to an ISO cube or you're going, you know, in a body body bag. bag. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because the judges don't have time to fuck around. There's too many, too much crime. And they, like he said, you can, they can respond to 6% of it. So there's no fucking around. There's no listening to, you know, plea deal for six months nope you you did a crime this is what the charge is I move I gotta respond to other shit um yeah so as far as the the, the, the was handled it's, it's the 2012 <laughs> movie nice um one point that I will give to the 95 is that they make it clear that uh, a law system like this is not perfect and doesn't function that well, actually, yes. um, with, you know, Rob Schneider pointing it out that, like, you know, I went into this robot so that I wouldn't die in a shootout, and now you're throwing me in ISO cubes for five years? Excuse well, me. And he also says, so I do like that it made yeah, that the, point. I mean, while they're on the prison transport, Dredd also says the law doesn't make mistakes. And... And then Rob Schneider says, oh, really? Well, how do you explain you being here? And yeah. Dredd does not have an answer. Right away. And before they can pays the kind of travel down that, that philosophical road, that's when the explosions happen. Um, but yeah, it, it, the 95 movie, yes, does very much show that it's a fucking broken system. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think the, the 2012 kind of does that I as well with, um, you know, Anderson kills that one guy because Mama was like, go out and kill them or else you're fucked. Um, and then later on runs into his, his wife and they just had a kid and she's like, oh. Yeah. That edit was so good. Yeah, it very much shows mm-hmm. that it's not a good system just through the the sheer violence of it. Definitely. <laughs> nice of him to zap the kids. That was definitely the movie makers being like, maybe we shouldn't kill Yeah, <laughs> let's not go there. Um, I was it's waiting for that. I was like, oh, are, you, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Okay. They, they were not. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. MJ, how do you feel? The law. As far as to the introduction of the justice system that they do use, I'd have to lean towards 95 just because it shows more of the top-down view of how it's all trying to work and you know how it's not working the way they want it to or should be. I mean, again, that's kind of the limitation of 2012 because they did go small ball with, you know, the whole presentation of how the judges function and, you know, the one day in the life that they show with Dredd and Anderson. So as far as the scope of what the justice system is, I'd have to go with 95. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say the same. Um, I enjoy the tight nature of how it was executed in the 2012, but 95, we saw the Hall of Judges, we saw the training, the the base, the uh, how wrong it can go, and the full like uh, path through their legal system uh, was on better display in 1995. Surprise, surprise! Once again, oh. wanted to say was came here to laugh at 95, but 95 maybe underrated. So yeah, 95, mm-hmm. you get you, you you win the round this round. Uh, well, okay. Even if it's looked down upon by John Wagner himself, but yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, John Wagner, don't don't hate me, but yeah, like we saw, like you know, t- being taken away, we saw more people in play, more more different kinds of guards and soldiers and and ships and whatnot. And the, saw the what the prisons look like. Yep. Cool. So. Okay, this question is specifically for you, Keith. Uh, oh. JK, it's for everyone, but um, <laughs> this will be one of your specialties. Um. I wrote down guns and stuff, but I mean specifically like the technology, the lawgiver, um, the law. What was the name of the the motorcycle? Law the master. Law, master. Lawgiver. Lawmaster. Confused um, all the time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I, I own one of them, and I get them confused. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> when we're looking at tech, what's your fave? It's not even close. I'm so sorry, 2012. But man, even your motorcycle's lame. Like that thing is, uh, yeah, that, just, that motorcycle. It's just a motorcycle. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, hey, I'm glad you guys tried. You know, you, you guys got a limited budget. I understand. I want to, uh, yeah, like I should look up the budget for 1995. But flying, I like, I love flying motorcycles. Uh, like, please give me more Return of the Jedi speeder bike chases. And mm-hmm. this was that. The wall to wall across. Like, I was like talking about how much I loved like them building the actual sets. It's not a CGI background, but like the labs, the the jury room, the weapons, the jackets. The jackets are cooler in 95. Those are I'm so glad you included cool. costume in that because I was like, I can't talk about guns. I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I did was like the cod piece, guys, please stop. <laughs> like you're, you're not, now you're going too far. Like now it seems like you're making fun. That was requested specifically by Versace. Hey, <laughs> hey, do you guys happen to know, know why cod pieces, where cod pieces came from? Do you want to find out this little fashion tidbit? Um, baseball players. Since I'm still trying to figure out why I did uh-huh. such an over-exaggerated one in the labyrinth, please elaborate. Um, the the labyrinth is just is just that that's just for 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 girl gays, my friend. I was imagining um, knights would have been the ones. Who, um, like, for the female sure. gays is what's going on with him in labyrinth. No, um, the cod piece <laughs> is related to syphilis, actually. Um, it all because, goes back to CDs, of course it does. Yeah, because because you know it was painful, so you wanted something to like protect that area and uh, just like give a little breathing room. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, as things do, they just became fashion for you to wear because you didn't want everybody to know that your your homie had some STDs. So, like, you, you do them a solid and also wear one, and then everybody just wore them, you know. Really? <laughs> not like that's everybody complete... peeing their pants in Billy Madison? You know how fashion works. <laughs> that is completely not what I thought you were about to say. I thought the obvious answer was what knights needed to protect their junk before they go into battle. But uh, for syphilis? <laughs> no, nah, we don't care about knights. Knights can just go die. What? Um, Whoa, okay. No, no, no. Uh, sorry. That, that, wrong time period. Knights are medieval. <laughs> um, all right, history, you're so fucking weird, man. 
humans are weird. Uh, and Keith, to answer your question before, uh, Judge Dredd had twice the budget that Dredd had. Mm. Oh, seriously? Yep, Judge Dredd cost 90 mil, and Dredd cost 45 mil. Although, yeah, like, also, there's the, the, just, like, a vast difference in technology between the two, obviously. But... And difference in the economy they were made in. And Versace. What a difference 18 years makes? 17, yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 you think things would always just get better as you go into the future. But... Uh-huh, I wish that was true, but it yes. is not. Alas. Nope. <sighs> okay. Um, for for me, I also want to go with 95 for guns and stuff. Um, again, I really like the way that they designed the cities. It, a lot more claustrophobic in uh, 95. I already talked about the costumes zipping on a different side for men and women, which is like historically accurate um but aside from that they're still the same like the women are not like sexier for any reason because like it's a utilitarian costume you you need everybody to be protected and and guarded um i do like the shoulder pads in the new one a little more but i mean overall the they get extra points for having versace design it um and i liked like the dress blues and stuff that the the chief justices were wearing uh, we we love a flying speeder bike. Hell yeah! That's all. MJ. Uh, tech. Uh, have to give it to ninety five too. I mean, Tis Island twelve, like maybe a little more utilitarian. Didn't quite have the feel of the comics, and that's what I kind of appreciated about the ninety five. At least the ninety five was going out of their way to feel a little more comic authentic. Because I mean, this is an exaggerated world that came out of comics and kind of appreciated that. I mean, like we were talking before, at least it didn't go with the comic-based version of the Lawgiver, but <laughs> yeah, I, I like the aesthetic of the 95, and I, I, I just appreciate it. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot more fun to watch than the 2012, and I know 2012 is not supposed to be fun, but it's a lot more interesting to watch in 95. It's about the law. I know it's all about the law, but... Brent, obviously, you're a huge fan of the costume of the 2012, but overall, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 2012. Uh, Sounds good. All right. Um, the, I mean, the the 95 is more comic accurate as far as the judge's uniform. Uh, but goddamn, I love that 2012 uniform. Um, <laughs> and the lawgiver, I I really like the 95 lawgiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the like the, the 2012, 2012 just edges it out even more. Um, the Law Master, though, that, that, that can the 2012 can just go kick rocks. That is just a, a, <laughs> a horrible bubble design. Um, is, <laughs> yeah, probably corner a lot easier than the 95, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure is is a dream to ride, but. Yeah, I so much love the the ninety five Lawmaster. Um, yeah, so for guns and stuff, I'm gonna go 2012 with a little asterisk nice. for the little Lawmaster from ninety five. <laughs> for the Lawmaster, uh, I feel like the 2012 Lawmaster uh, also was really just like they they had a budget constraint and they didn't they knew that they weren't gonna use it too much. Honestly, with with the way that like the green screen was really obvious in the beginning, I wonder if they spend most of their budget like in the middle part, and then when they were editing it, they they were like, "Oh, we need to actually spend more time on the like the introduction to the world." But it was like a lower budget section, 
or not the editing, but like storyboarding and stuff. So they were like, we're just going to get a regular motorcycle and then like slap a piece on the front so that it looks more futuristic. Yeah. yeah since they're not spending as much time with that motorcycle, not no need to waste the budget on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one's it's, it's not on designing a brand yeah, new there's one. No, mm-hmm. There's not going to be a chase scene. Uh, or a big involved chasing, one. Uh, you know, as far as the 95 was concerned. Um, it's literally just a thing getting from A to B. Uh, so let's not spend a whole bunch of time or a whole throw a whole bunch of money at it. Uh, we're just going to slap some ugly crap on a motorcycle and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the chase scene in the 2012 was very much just like, we need you to know what slow-mo is. Um, hmm. Before we throw somebody off a roof, yeah. so here's a dude using it. Cool. An- okay. Another thing that impressed me about the '95 version um, and like special effects like that in general is how much time it took to build those sets and being okay with blowing it up. I was I'm always like surprised that like prop masters and set makers like how much time, effort, hard fucking work to make those like those cases and caskets for the extra clones and then you blow it up. Like if, if I ever did anything close to like that, I'm putting that in a museum someplace to never be touched ever again. But, but just Keith, part of the job, just being laid to blow it up guys. Like, Oh my God, you're, you're cool with that. Like you put your blood and life into that thing. It all and then, gets destroyed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you're making one movie over your life, but if you're going to make like 20 movies, where are you going to store those 20 movies worth of sets? True, true, true. Just like when I was cool watching the explode, I was like, screen, that's know? a lot of work, guys. You just fucking blew it up. And I, sometimes I even see like special effects guys like have joy in it. And like, I'm like, man, you, you, you can't build it ever again. Yeah, I spent yeah. eight hours building this and now I'm going to blow it up in 10 seconds. Woo! <laughs> like, it, it is very, is very small. Like 800 is more accurate, but you know. Uh, yeah. Brutal. Impressive. All right. Um, it's kind of related to guns and stuff, but um, not really. Visual effects. I'm obviously going to give it to 2012 because slow-mo is one of my like big like have you guys seen this movie? You need to see how they did this. <laughs> it's sparkly and ridiculous, but oh my god, it's beautiful. I love it. Look at all the colors come alive. Obsessed. So I'm going to give mine to 2012 for visuals. MJ, what do you think? I have to call it a wash, just because I thought they were actually pretty decent for the relative time periods they came out in. I mean... Yeah, the effect for slow-mo is freaking sweet in 2012, but I mean that's pretty much rote for things in Hollywood nowadays. You know, I did think it was kind of a precursor to the visual effects that uh, Garland used when he made Annihilation about four years later. So Which I thought that was kind of neat. Also a beautiful and amazing movie, and if you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, Indeed. I want to do but, um, for that one. I love that movie. And, uh, I mean, for 95, I mean, yeah, the the lawmaster in the sky chase. I mean, those, I mean, that was pretty decent for 95. If you really think about it, I mean, yeah, you're not going to get uh Steven Spielberg, Jurassic park level effects in every damn movie, but I thought it was pretty <laughs> damn decent. So I mean, it's, I, it's pretty much on par with fifth element, which came out two years later. Right. So yeah, I, I'd call it a wash as far as effects go for between the two. Cool. Cool. Brent, what do you think? Uh, I'm going 2012. Um, it'd cool. be, 95, uh, the effects in it, or how the, the effects were handled, was very comic booky, cartoonish. Um, there wasn't a lot of, of blood 
in that movie. Again, it's rated. What was Judge Dredd PG thirteen? No, was that was an R. Ouch. For both. Oh, of was yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's because I had swearing. Uh, but <laughs> Stallone, Stallone was trying hard to get it down to PG thirteen because he wanted to get it to wider appeal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stallone. They showed a body roasting though. So yeah. Um, but but yeah, 2012 more than made up for it. That's for yeah. damn sure. But as as a lot of it was just uh, you know squibs going off and whatnot. Whereas the 2012, it felt like you were in the you were witnessing the meat grinder, um, and then just destroying yeah. that whole level of the block uh, with the Gatling guns was just. Brutal. Holy crap. Oh, but but note that that scene also was um, framed from like a little kid's point of view, which is another visual point I want to give to 2012, that, that there's a lot of point of view shots rather than just like pulled out shots, like you're in a child's point of view or you're watching the, the security feeds point of view or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the shots had like, they, they existed from a particular point. But in that scene you're talking about with the Gatling gun, you see the kid at the beginning seeing them set up the yep. guns, and then a bunch of people get wiped out, and then they make sure to show us the kid afterwards to be like, oh, oh by the way, we didn't kill the yeah. eight-year-olds. <laughs> uh, but we probably did in other rooms that you didn't see. Y- yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I find a production note for that scene. Apparently they estimated that the amount of ammunition that was expended in that scene would have weighed about 2.2 tons. Jesus. <laughs> Which <Beautiful>. totally tracks. <laughs> yeah, just for uh, effects, though, I'm going to give it to 2012, because the effects just seem more uh, grounded, even though there was, you know, blue screen and and obvious CGI with the, the slow-mo uh, stuff, and a lot of the blood was uh, CG as well. Um, but I think I just like the the effects a lot more than mm-hmm. than was in the '95. It's all about the slow mo exploding faces. Yes. Yeah, yeah, beautiful destruction, as I think what the director called it. Splatter. Keith, uh, I think you guys saw this coming. '95 uh, all the way, like by a long shot. Um, 2012, like it just is masterfully produced and clean and well done. Uh, I love the slow mo. 3D was amazing, but the production design, the world design, like you get to see cyber flying cars on the street. Um, like when you guys bring this up, the first thing that comes to mind is the dazzling Blade Runner anime landscape of that sky cycle chase. Um, the practical effects on having a giant evil robot busting people up and <laughs> punching people and shooting people, like. Oh, yes. Yes. Monster. Oh, the unfortunately <laughs> named Fido. Um, yeah. Tearing some arms off, you know, as you do. Yeah. Yeah. Tearing people's arms. Yeah. Like all the way, the effects of 95 are aged uh, once again, remarkably fantastic with me. And um, it's how I like my stuff. I like, I like my ham and cheese. I like, I like that. And uh, uh, I, I usually it's usually a step down for me if you use your effects to make things more grounded, realistic, and look like they're, you know, could actually happen. So 2012, uh, once I, I still say it's a masterpiece. 
but um, I will go all the way with having giant robots and sky cycles in a cyber city. And like that final shot of 95 where he rolls out to a building and you get to see the, the sparkling cyber landscape be, uh, behind him was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for a sequel uh, Batman ending. Yeah. Yes. I love it when they do that. So they did that in Spider-Man. Like, yeah, pose for me. I love it. Pose for me. Then that last shot and make a beautiful picture. And yeah, once again, 95 underrated aged amazingly. All right. Okay. Well, uh, you start us on this next question too. Um, mm-hmm. Which one do you think had a superior plot for a dread story? Mm. They're very different plots. So this mm-hmm. is a, a difficult question. Very subjective. M- yeah. More so than I think, like, which one has better guns? Because, you know. Better, better plot. Jesus, that is a good fucking question. Because, yeah, you're asking me to the tight, um, diehard detective uh, raid plotting of 2012 versus my love of uh, giant robots, clones, and... Um, <laughs> And, sp- and like spaceships and giant guns. Ah, uh, uh, um, I, I'm gonna try to say 2012 probably has the better plot. Okay. Um, it was just uh, far more expertly done versus the haphazard fun that I had with 1995 and the I'll always. Uh, I, I, I've uh, softened on poor Rob Schneider, who has been everybody's punching bag for decades. Uh, but like, I'll, I'll, if I step away from my sentimentality over him, ever since I was like one single digits, I've always hated the addition of the Snarf character. But I'm just here for Judge Dredd. I'm just here for He-Man, Orko. Um, I don't need to have an extra character to make me laugh. Just make some funny things happen with my main characters. So, yeah, uh, I'll go 2012. Hey, Keith. Mm-hmm. I knew you'd say that. Oh! Sing. Such a bad one really, I really he love to... how he says that all the time, and then Hershey's like, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Just, oh, just like if Arnie had got that role originally like they wanted them to. Yeah, that would have been awesome as well. Well, MJ, what do you think? Oh, plot. Um, uh, damn it. Gee, that one has to be a wash, too, for me. Because, I okay. mean, again, like Keith was pointing out, they're, they're two completely different plots. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's when you have to you know get into the minutia of each one, because, I mean, as far as character development and arcs through each one of them, yeah, okay, Dread maybe had a little more of a emotional arc than was really due to the character, but I, it, I know, the characterizations and the plotting for everything going on for the stories that they told, I thought they were pretty solid for each one. I know, again, John Wagner has disowned the 95 is trying to bite <laughs> off too much than chew, but I thought it worked pretty well for the 90-minute format that they managed to cram it all in. So, I don't know, I have to be a wash on that one for me, too. You'd think it'd be an easier question. Like, um, I would not think that. Incorrect. Okay. Yeah, to me, like, it, to, I, 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 before I, we watched them, I was like, e- it's easily 2012, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a hard one. Um, it's, it's to preface a, a slightly easier one, no worries. Um, 
I'll give my opinion real fast. Um, I'm going to give the point to 2012 because I, I really like a movie that is like, we're going to do this story. It's going to be just this. Like uh, y'all said earlier, like a slice of life in, in uh, the judge's life rather than like uh, an extenuating specialty circumstance. Uh, I feel like it does more in kind of like showing a specific aspect. Plus like, there's there's just some discrepancy in the 95 for me in regards to like the way that the world is which is horrifying and authoritarian and the law is not really fair and the way that like we still end up showing everybody is like being brave and wonderful heroes um including the 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 judge that takes the long walk and then shows up at the angel family and then immediately dies for like this this tragic moment for um his his uh his uh son figure um it's just like some of it really shines, and then some other bits are just very, like, 90, 1995 formulaic movie for me. Like, I complained yeah. about Hershey a bunch, but I was really disappointed by the character building for the female villain. It really felt like she was there to just be like, oh, a pretty woman who will fight! Um, Like, because she, like, at first was like, Rico is a petulant child, and then the moment that the other, the the guy who took over as chief judge was was dead... Then um, all of a sudden she was like, "It's chill. I'll just do whatever Rico wants." Yeah, that sure. I'll, I'll, I follow I'll that guys. Yeah, exactly. So um, for that reason, uh, I found all of the the behavior made a lot more sense in 2012. So um, I'm going to give That's you that point. Uh, like everybody that everything that everybody did makes sense to me in in 2012. Like I want to bring up the medic who at first was like you. You just can't beat Mama. I'm so sorry. There are no sides. You're yeah. already dead. And then when Judge Dredd like kept fighting and was starting to win, and then new judges showed up, he was like, "I'm going to do the right fucking thing." And he leaves his safe house to go down and talk to the law. And unfortunately, pays the price. Pays the price because mm-hmm. it also shows us like ultimately this authoritarian regime doesn't make sense. There's no way that this is a functioning society, and these judges. You can't trust all of them. In fact, you probably shouldn't trust any of them. Like, Dredd is the best of them, and still, like, he'll just, like, toss you into ice cubes. He won't ask any questions. So, that's my opinion. Brent? So, it can be argued that uh, the first Dredd doesn't have that much of a plot. Or, the the 2012 Dredd doesn't have that much of a plot, because it's very much of two characters stuck inside a building and they have to fight their way through to the person who controls it all and maybe they'll learn something about themselves along the way. That is very much the Great video game yeah, plot. That is very much mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. plot of that movie. Whereas the ninety five movie you have you know the the judges and then one is framed and then he's also a clone and his brother's le- left out and oh his brother's evil but it turns out that he wasn't always so uh be- and then dread had to end up judging him and that's why he was in prison that's why they hate each other uh so you can you can argue that a lot more happens plot wise in mm-hmm. in the 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 95 movie um, I mean, that's true, yeah. <laughs> but once you start to peel back the layers of the 95, it doesn't hold up that well. Um, there's a lot of mm-hmm. inconsistencies that happen and stuff that just 
doesn't make sense that is just there for characters like Judge Dredd killing a whole bunch of the the um, SJS judges, judges the so. internal affairs mm-hmm. judges of the Justice Department. They're just doing their job. There's a judge that gone rogue that has broken out of of captivity. They are there to go apprehend him and bring him back. Dread kills a whole slew of them. Uh, it's okay because it's Judge Dread and he's our hero and he has a funny sidekick along with him. Uh, so a lot of the plot just does not kind of hold water once you really kind of start to dissect the film. Whereas because oh, yeah, actually- 2012 is very much a point A to point B, we're not fucking around and this is what it's happening. Uh, yeah, that, I think that ends up having the superior plot because it is just this is what you're presented. This is what you're getting. Um, there's not a lot of holes that you can uh, pick through. Poke. Yeah, you can poke. Mm-hmm. You can poke through. There's not like giant plot holes that you have to go. Oh well. All right. You have <laughs> to. You don't have to spend a lot of disbelief. Um, mm-hmm. And well, there are two things with '95 that I have to wonder about because, like I said before. Stallone came in and influenced a lot of the plotting because he wanted you know to be an action comedy instead of yeah. you know the more down home comic accurate super dark vision that uh, the screenwriters and um, director originally wanted to go with. Mm-hmm. But you also have to wonder what it'd been like if they'd stuck with the original characters of uh, Fargo and Griffin and Fergie. Yeah, because um, in, in the comics, Fargo was just the genetic donor for the DNA that they used to create Rico and Dread. He wasn't. He was he had retired as a judge before Dredd was born. Yeah. Then uh Jurgen Prochnow's Griffin was actually Dredd's mentor in the comics. So they kind of munched Griffin's role with Fargo and then turned Griffin into the big bad. And then Fergie in the comics is actually the leader of the Undercity, which is the ruins of the old world United States cities before the scorched earth that they built Mega City One over. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where they're looking at with Joe Pesci to bring him in, because you know, you could have seen him being the leader of the Undercity. But then they brought in Rob Schneider, and I have to wonder if they had to rewrite the role after um, Schneider was brought in and just made him this, you know, the slappy little comic relief instead of being, you know, the leader of the Undercity, because I just couldn't see Rob Schneider doing that or Deuce Bigelow, whoever you want to call him this week. Yeah, uh, so, I can't, I can't see that plot working with Rob Schneider now. <laughs> Right, so you just have to wonder what it looked like if you know the writer, the writers and the directors had been able to stick to their guns and not be overruled by Edward Pressman and Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone. So uh, the- I totally agree with that, and uh, thank you for that background tidbit. We are judging the movies that came out ultimately because, unfortunately, that's all we get to see. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah, the director he yeah he wanted to do a robot tone, and then Sylvester's like, "What about?" action comedy and that's what we end up getting and the other fun tidbit of the director uh he's always been a fan and as a kid he made a uh he drew a poster of judge dread for the magazine and got it published and then he grew he grew up and got to direct the movie nice yes i love it when nerds get to work on their their nerd projects mm-hmm. it, it just brings it an extra depth you know because they really care about the details 
Uh, a little note about the writer for you, Keith. Um, mm-hmm. he, the writer Stephen D'Souza. He he wrote Die Hard. He co-wrote the Die Hard and Forty Eight Hours and Commando and a bunch of other movies like that, oh, wow. including Hudson Hawk. But he was oh, also yeah. the, he was also the creator of Cadillac, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Oh shit! Yeah, that is quite the pedigree. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Um. Okay, so my next question I said was kind of a subset of this one. Um. Which do you think has a more interesting or better villain and kind of villain backstory and plot? Uh, MJ, you're up to start this one. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just looked up. Never mind. Brent. Uh, for better a better villain. villain uh, Mama. Um, she, okay. She's not cartoonish at all. Um, and I... I, as much as I love uh, Amanda Sarnti just hamming it up and chewing up everything that he's in, <laughs> um, I don't remember kind of that over the topness being Rico from the comics. Um, he was just very mm-hmm. much a another side to dread. Um, and there's just there's too many villains in that 95 movie you have the the judge who was ahead of the or the the senior judge or chief justice who was ahead of the mm-hmm. janus project who wanted to bring it back and then you had rico uh and then you had the apc robot um you had street gangs um it was the angel yeah, gang. the angel gang um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, villains in that movie. Convol- where 2012, you had Mama and Henchmen. And the mm-hmm. Henchmen were there just because you're living on a block. What else are you going to do? I'm, I, you know, I have to fight for this, uh, you know, the person who rules this block. Or else, you know, I'm dead. Um, and, and yeah, she took no shit. Um, mm-hmm. And it was actually nice to see a... It, it, that role so could have easily been been written as a dude. Uh, and we've seen that in countless movies. Um, but to have a, a woman in the role of you don't fuck with mama. She runs this, mm-hmm. this block and she is distributing this this new drug that is that is taking over uh you don't you don't screw with her else you know she said you know uh like those three gangs. yeah <laughs> so skin yeah, alive she went through uh those other gangs and you know she's like i i want those judges dead so stay out of our way until it's done Unless you want to get mm-hmm. caught in the crossfire, because I don't care about anybody else in this block, and it's her way or the highway, uh, and that makes just a villain with more threat instead mm-hmm. of a cartoon villain. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. Yeah. Uh, I also am going to go with 2012. Keith can tell you because I was just talking about it in the Picard podcast. I love a villain who does not need to raise their voice. Mm. And she she doesn't. She gets on the mic and she's like, hey everyone, this is Mama. 
If you're one of mine, hunt the judges down. I want them dead. If you're not, get the hell off the street. If Mm. you're the judge, I mean, you're going to die either way, so whatever. (laughs) And um, all of the scenes that we have with her and with... um, (sighs) Bill Weasley... (laughs) Tom Will, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, all, of the, all of the scenes that we have between the two of them, like she never says anything. Just like you can see the the fear in him that she's even in the same room. Mm-hmm. She's just quietly sitting there watching and listening. And he knows if he does one thing, just one thing, he's screwed. There's the other time where she like holds the thing to his belly too, but like she doesn't have to say anything. Even when they show up on the top block, she's just like, I've got this. Are you going to kill everybody in this entire city block? You're just going to kill all of peach trees or are you going to submit to me? So yeah, I love her. Plus uh, you were talking about uh, how it's basically just her and her subordinates. There's a great breadth of um, behaviors going on with the subordinates. So the ones who are clearly there because gangs have power, including the guy that um, they're trying to take in. Um, then you have the ones that are there because what else are you going to do on your block? I'm trying to feed my baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh shit, please don't shoot me. There's um, people who have skills that she needs, so she terrifies them into behaving. Um, you know, like there's all the basically civilians that Dread wipes out um, because he doesn't, when, uh, when he gets to the top level where they're cooking the drugs. Because from his point of view, they're cooking drugs, they're breaking the law. Um, but like, you're just trying to get a job, man. Like, where else am I going to use my, my, my chemist skills? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's only one person who works in the, in, uh, the, the medical room. So definitely 2012 all the way for me. MJ? 2012. I would not, I would, I would just laugh at Amanda, Amanda Sante's Rico, but I would be pissing my pants around Lena Headey's mama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That 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 woman's power. Yeah, yeah. She she will destroy you. Yeah, just by yeah, just with a look. That's a mark of a good villain. And, and to your point, when she was telling Kay at the end of this is what's going to happen to Anderson. There's not going to be any. There's there's not going to be any raping. There's not going to be any torture. There, it just no bullets to the head and chest. Do I make myself clear? And she's, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, a calm mm-hmm. voice, and it's a voice of, yeah, you make yourself real clear. <laughs> no no one bothered, them. no one's like, ah, or ah, or, or maybe we will, maybe we won't. What? Yep. Okay, like, what are we okay, saying? Even okay. when, yep. when he Done. says, I had it's it under control, she just goes, shut the fuck up. And she doesn't say it that loud. It's not a shut the yeah, fuck so up, quiet. it's a shut the fuck up. Shut I'm tired of your mm-hmm. shit. If it wasn't for oh, you, I, I wouldn't be in this predicament. These judges wouldn't be she's up so, my ass. She's so good. I'm still... I, I know everybody else feels the same way, but I will always be pissed about the last two seasons of Game of Thrones because they had so many, not just good characters, but so many good actors, and they just did not give them anything to do. Nope. Hey, ho, Keith! Um, let's see. Uh, this is the time I will be agreeing with everybody here. Mama all the way. Uh, from start to finish, she is a masterpiece of a villain. Uh, where Amano Sante, I'm not sure he knew what movie he was in, and uh, he was just trying to 
be too cartoonish of a villain, even though like I love me some martial art fights and and giant robot uh, henchmen. Uh, Mama saying casual like from the start, she's like, you know, you could just kill these guys. No, 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 skin them and throw them off, and then then slow mo them too. And like, god damn. And uh, then also like I'd forgotten that she had tortured uh, not the Weasley twin, Donald <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I thought that um. I thought that, like, because, like, throughout the his performance, he's got this tense worry and just pain on his face, and like, I th- once again, I thought it was like too many drugs. He's just he's tweaking, but like, yeah. Then we get by the end that like he's been tortured into this, and this is why he's afraid. And yeah, um, I, I love villains who go out of their way to say, "I'm going to get what's coming, Keith, and you're going to enjoy it." Because I'm I, I killed these people, I killed this person, I don't care. I'm a, a bad motherfucker. And then, yeah, uh, uh, Judge Dredd gives her the crow t- uh, treatment. Doesn't care. He's like, here's some irony for you, some slow-mo. And, and then he tosses her, and she's so corrupted and evil that I don't see fear in her face. She's uh, like, oh, well, this is, I guess exactly. this is where we were heading. <laughs> Welp. Yeah, she's like, Welp, yeah, this is it. This is the end. And it's not like she doesn't have it coming. Uh, yeah. It almost looked like relief on her face when she was falling to her death. It's like, at yep. least, at last, it'll be quiet. Nope, like, there's, there's no twisted, damn you, judge! No, she's like, yeah, I, I kind of made all this stuff happen. So this is, yeah. And then she got the, the horrific ending she deserved. So, yeah, she's a fantastic bad guy. I very much enjoyed uh, performance because Lita Hetty is a fantastic actress yeah. and yeah she killed families and didn't blink so mm-hmm. yeah god bless her Um, kind of tangential to who is the best villain uh, and the plot um, a, a point that I'd like to talk about uh, and get your y'all's opinions on is um, the, the, the better portrayal of how the system doesn't actually work um we we talked about some bits already, but um, I also don't like. I'm thinking specifically about like the corruption within the judges' system. So um, in the '95, how you have uh, Pl- Project Janus and um, the guy who's bringing Rico back so that he can head the council, and how the plan in the first place was to get all the counselors to. Oh, this bit was really funny to me. All the counselors are like, okay, we'll unlock the Janus files. And then five minutes later, I kid you not, they're like, you know what? We shouldn't have done that. Let's undo it. <laughs> and then he shoots all of them so they can't. Which, g- good plan, uh, I guess. Uh, um, I mean, a little on the nose, but sure. Um, you're planning on blaming on somebody else for it already. So that's fine. But, um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so uh, kind of the corruption within the judge's system which is shown very overtly in 95 and then in 2012 less overtly with the judges that show up because you know mama's like what are we going to do about this call 911 hilarious um i'm going to go with two, 2012 cuz i i like more subtle always um but uh yeah the way that they show us that the system doesn't really work what do you think mj Pretty much the same. I mean, even in, you know, where all the judges are sworn to protect the law above all else, no matter how totalitarian it is, they're still being bought off. So, 
absolute power corrupts and even corrupts beyond that. So, yeah, 2012, that was a better example of how broken it truly was. Cool. Keith? I'm going to go with 1995. Um, Yeah, so in 2012, uh, while it's a corrupt system, like... Uh, Judge Dredd still able to make it work his way through it and not even be too surprised that it happened. Um, it all ends up with only the bad guys going down, except for that poor homeless dude. Um, and yeah, the system. I don't see <laughs> and all those people, m- Mama wiped out. Yeah, but that's not the system. That's the bad guys doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in the 2012, like the system is not. It's it's definitely authoritarian, and corrupt. But in the 1995, we get to see the full path of it happen. Mm-hmm. Of him, like, have no forgiveness for anyone. Hey, you broke a law, you gotta go to jail. And then we get to see him go through the full system himself, where now he's faced with a, an incorrect judgment and no forgiveness, and been thrown in. And then we get to see him uh, mm-hmm. get thrown in jail, be transported, even try to talk about it. And, like, he's like, but Rob Schneider's right there to say, yeah, and look what happened to you. And, yeah, he fought his way through the corrupt system that. Uh, we don't know is that much better. And we saw all these officials get slaughtered. And yeah, we, we saw the full breadth of it happen in 95 versus 2012. Nice. Fair point. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. Brent, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with 2012, um, where the it, it the 95 to Keith's point it does show dread kind of going through the whole judicial system and and showing that um but that also reflects our own judicial system which is broken in a lot of ways and, and wrong people are convicted and, and and shown um but if we want to see Overall, how the the authoritarian justice system is fucked up. Yeah, that's the 2012 movie. I mean, that shows you of vagrancy is is against the law. You're you're going into the the cubes. Um, there's six percent of crime that that they can respond to at any given time. Um, Homelessness is rampant. Uh, the unemployment is, you know, damn near a hundred percent. There is no, uh, in as far as the law is concerned, it is black and white, um, and it's that's not used for comedic effect. Um, and at the end of the movie, it's. You're still left with that's the system. Um, Dread hasn't really, you can say he hasn't really learned anything. He's still Judge Dread, um, and he's still going to continue uh, dispensing justice. Whereas the '95, it's kind of all smiles and everybody's happy, and hey, the good guys won. It's it's less a good guy bad guy thing versus this is the system and you know you can't by the end of the 95 we're still celebrating the system <laughs> hey guys it it's okay we'll just put hershey in command and it'll all be good yeah we're still celebrating the hey but this still works um if you shoot enough bad guys yeah yeah whereas 2012 <laughs> and it's and like, occasionally some cops. Whoops. It, it still makes <laughs> yes. you think of 
Uh, that was a kind of a kick-ass movie that I watched, but uh, real and damn, I want to dress up and cosplay as a judge, but I don't really want to live in that in that uh, yeah world because that is just locked up. N- not a fun world to live yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sounds good. Um, final and most difficult question. Uh, I don't know if you'll actually find it difficult. It depends. Um, my final question is, and MJ, you can start us off on this one. Which one do you okay. think has the best action? Best action? There are action movies. Indeed. Indeed. 2012, all the way. And it's just... Of course, I mean, it's just... I, the only thing that kind of like trips me up is again because they're really two completely different movies. Right. Um, twenty twelve. It's way more visceral, and it's pretty much wall to wall in that movie compared to ninety five. And ninety five, it's a lot more adventure than action, comparatively speaking. But um, and that's why I kind of felt at times. I mean, between how they filmed it and it being kind of reminiscent of the raid and the soundtrack pounding it was like okay am i watching a movie or a video game because it did feel like a shoot 'em up video game at points mm-hmm. or maybe i'm just that desensitized to violence at this point <laughs> but, um as far as an action movie head to head i'd have to go with 2012 over 95 cool brent uh yeah i think i'm i'm the same um 95 is very much a big explosion, big spectacle action movie of the time. Um, Whereas 2012, it's still an action movie. Um, But yeah, once once they put your foot on the gas, it does not let up until the movie's over. Um, And there's a lot, there's not a lot of breathing room in in 2012 there's not a lot of uh because even in the down times stuff is also happening um you're setting up for the next action sequence uh you are very much believing that death is around every corner um and and yeah in my old age i kind of like that action more than the i mean i still have a soft spot for the 90s and 80s action movies um Mm -hmm. but i've seen so many of them that i kind of like the uh the action of the 2012 more Mm -hmm. keith um yeah i've been chewing on this the entire time because the 1995 has speeder bike chase uh I, I knew you'd say that. Dodging robots. Uh, I, I like. I, I loved him. Like that. when he grabbed that giant <laughs> machine gun, started shooting people. He fought mutants and his martial arts, and even like you know, those doesn't make sense. We still have like the evil scientist. She even gets to have a martial art fight. I, I feel that the right answer is 2012 because I I love the gunplay in that so the much. Right yeah, the right answer is like 2012. Like the gunplay in that the was fantastic. It was top notch. It is like a bar setting um, is one to try to top and 
and learn from. There's not much to learn from from 1995. Uh, I'm going to be contrarian and say 1995 because we're talking about all of the action, and uh, that includes like not, not just the gunplay, which was vastly superior in 2012, but in yeah, 1995, I had them escaping a spaceship crash, uh, speeder bike chases, <laughs> shooting robots, getting killed by robots, martial arts. Oh, just so much, so much different kinds of action mm-hmm. in 1985 that it deserves some. It deserves it deserves, it deserves a head nod. That was. I will really say good. it's more fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fun. <laughs> 95 is a lot more fun in the action content than than 2012 is. <laughs> Just in general, Dread is much more cynical than Judge Dread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Darker, grittier, you know. Yeah, you, you say it. Yeah, you got it. Um, I'm going to vote for 2012 because whenever anybody asks me what my favorite action movie is, I'm like, you want to see a movie that's unapologetically an action movie, go watch Dread. So, I'm biased on this one. Um, I think you're, yeah, once again, I think it's the right answer. Like the craft that went into caring about the shots and going into the gunplay and martial arts and whatnot in there. That's, that's some top tier shit. So. And, and also there's a slow motion face exploding from a bullet going through the cheek. Yeah. Pretty metal. Yeah, boy. Hells yes. Um, oh, we're so desensitized. <laughs> yeah. I would like to give an extra point to 2012 dread just for the helmet question. We don't even have to talk about it. He keeps his helmet on. Oh, yes. Massive points. Um, Yeah. Uh, Those are all the categories I had written down, but does anybody else have a category they want to talk about? Or want us to talk about? Um, Actually, no. Like, through your questions, I've been blasting through all of my... Oh, also, another head nod to the action uh, in 1995 is that the final Duke out takes place in the head of the Statue of Liberty, man, like they're just hitting all the, the cheesy, fun, flashy points for me. So, yeah, but extra, other than that... Okay, extra points for cheese to the 95. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good ham and cheese sandwich. Uh, <laughs> so, I think that deserves some points. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I knocked out like pretty much all my notes in all You're the questions. Welcome. I cannot think of anything else. Um... Oh, I just thought of another one, but um, please. first, MJ, do you have any you want to talk about? No, I think I'm tapped out. Okay. Brent? Uh, yeah, there's such drastically different movies um, and mm-hmm. each one does a good has good points uh, for how Judge, the Judge Dread universe is in 2080. Um, say what you will about if you like 90s movies or that kind of cheesy over-the-top villains or just turn-your-brain-off action movies as opposed to almost metal soundtrack 2012 kick-ass uh, thrill-ride movies. Um each of them have their merits, uh, and I dearly love both like, of them. Um, but yeah, through through just through your questions, I I 
can't really think of anything else off the top of my head. I didn't take notes for this, uh, as you can probably <laughs> clearly hear. It's uh, podcasting. Yeah, habit. I uh, I watched both movies to kind of refresh my memory um, of them. Um, but that's the important part. Yeah. The rest is mm-hmm. just that. Yeah. Uh, oh no! I had to tell my girlfriend. Oh no! I have to watch the Dread movie. I have to watch Judge I'm Dread so tonight. Sorry. I have to watch Dread. Oh, um, I'm going to be on a podcast. I have to talk about them. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I I love both movies, and I can't really think of anything else that we didn't already go through um, to compare and contrast between both of them. Okay. The one that I just remembered I wanted to talk about. Um, and we're going to exclude the kiss from Hershey for this conversation because that's such a like a 1995 we had to do it kind of thing that just I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's forget that. Um, the cool. mentor rookie relationships um, between Dredd and Anderson and um, Dredd and um, Hershey. Hershey. Yeah. Uh, I am split on this one because there, there's a, there's a big difference between the two, obviously, which is that Dredd and Hershey have known each other for a while, whereas Anderson is brand new. Um, I talked about it before. I really like the way that Judge Dredd is really taking this training exercise seriously to like, see whether she's got the stuff or not by being like, I already know what I'm doing. I'm a hundred percent fine. I'm really not worried about this. So every single time that there's a call to make, I'm going to make sure that the rookie is making the right call. Um, he's much more emotionally removed, which I mean, has something to do with the themes. Um, I feel like Carl Urban's Dredd is a lot more, uh, like, close to the comics in regards to... What am I saying? I haven't read them. What I presume the comics are like, um, in in regards to him being like, I'm the law, that's the only thing that matters. My humanity is not important. Stallone kind of starts like that, and then Hershey pulls him out of it. What I really like about the relationship between Stallone's dread and Hershey is just, like, how thorough the mutual respect is. He knows she's really smart. He knows she knows what she's doing. And he does not, at any point, question her. He doesn't do that, like... Uh, well, I'm a 50-year-old man and you're a 25-year-old woman, so you should just kind of defer to whatever I have to say. He takes everything she says seriously. He doesn't, like... um, Like, when she's like, we should have friends, he's like, you'll experience it for yourself, forget it. He's not like, you're dumb for thinking that. Um, And in the end, he kind of even is like, maybe, I I don't know, but maybe you were right. So uh, I really enjoy both of those. It's it's tied for me. Uh, What do you think, Brent? Uh, I'd go with 2012 because Hershey really wasn't a rookie um, in in Judge Dredd. She was more of a equal. Uh, She was another Mm. street judge, Mm. Um, and you know, to the point of Judge Dredd wanted her to represent him at his trial. Um, so she was very much a, uh, on an equal footing, um, of him rather than, uh, you know, a subordinate. I'm asking more. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm asking more about like the respect relationship. Oh, um, like, oh, that, uh, shit. That's kind of a wash then because yeah, he did. Yeah. I know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You, you didn't have the, oh, well. 
I'm Judge Dredd, and, you know, this is just a chick, so what does she know? But, uh, I mean, as a guy, we have it a lot harder on the streets than even the female judges do. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he totally respected Hershey. Again, he wanted her, she was top of her class in judicial law, so he wanted her representing him um, in his trial. Um, he trusted her completely um and very much at the uh in in 2012 uh dread it's not like he disrespected anderson at the beginning um but he was hesitant to know if she should she could cut it uh mm-hmm. because uh on paper she failed um, she was never uh, top of her class. Um, technically, she failed uh, her assessment program. Um, even though the chief just, justice said it was marginal, um, she was basically, you know, fast tracked or put in that to that position because she was a mutant because the justice department wanted her psychic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as the that night wore on, that Dredd got a lot more respect for her. Um, and, you know, that shows of, yeah, she she can hack it. She's a pass. Um, even though she lost her firearm, um, you know, which was an automatic fail, uh, extenuating circumstances, she still passed. Um, and I think he had a, a lot of respect for her. And, you know, to the movie's credit, they didn't do the the 90s trope of, oh, well, it's a guy and a girl, so at the end they have to have some romantic feelings for each other. Um, so glad we left that thing behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we left it behind more. Yeah, it's a it's a total wash. The, uh, nice. Dredd had respect for both Hershey and Anderson. Um, throughout both movies, and I think that's something that also happens in the comics. If you are a judge, Dread has respect for you, um, because you are on the streets and you know what you know. You know the bullshit and the meat grinder that everybody's going through. I figured out what the question is here. It's faith in their competence. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Um, I mean that. Your your answer answered that beautifully. Um, I'm just rewording it. All right. Uh, all right, Keith. Um, my answer is easily 2012. Uh, okay. And I I it, it's really hard for me to let go of that. Will they won't they stuff that had going on? Um, that kind of ruined a lot of the relationship between those two for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hershey, she's cool. Um, and I like her in the comic, but yeah, just what I saw there was too much of that. Like, oh, you, George, J- Judge Dredd, oh, you, Percy, and versus the 2012, which was a strict uh, teacher-student relationship of like strong respect and like no bickering, no silliness, no kind of will they, won't they, any kind of thing like that. And um, like through like how they interact with each other, 
uh, forcing themselves to survive and grow together and becoming more strong and different people on the other end like that. The relationship between those two was fantastic. I really liked mm-hmm. uh, seeing those two. So it's easily 2012 for me. Cool. MJ. I don't think it was so much will they, won't they, through most of the movie in the 95, Keith. I thought that there was a decent amount of mutual respect back and forth without getting googly-eyed up until the very ending. Then the very ending, it's like, oh, it's the big granddaddy, I need to lay a big smooch on you. Like, okay, you just totally swept your own legs, way to go, jackasses. 2012 (laughs) by a country mile. (laughs) Yeah, I won't say it was like completely dismissal, (laughs) but I, I, I felt too much between those two in a gooey sense versus the tight, fantastic, well-rounded uh, character growth of 2012. Yeah, 2012 would have been, was a little, probably a little more consistent and didn't leave that door open as much, but yeah, 95 I thought would have been fine if they'd just gone with the Judge Dredd ending instead of the Sylvester Stallone ending. and probably would have made it a complete wash. Dang it, Stallone! I don't know Everybody's calling to see me. Come on. It was the style of the time. <laughs> it was the style of the time. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my tally says that. Uh, also, just to be clear, um, Ooh, cool. villain, villain, and uh, betrayal and plot, I kind of all wrapped up in the same point because they're kind of like um, uh, Russian dolls. Yeah. You know? Uh, of them, um, so it was close. 2012 still won for us, but heckin' close still. Um, Wait, so 95. our 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 uh, our our big group answer here is: uh, you should definitely watch the 2012 Dread. And in terms of the 1995 Dread, if you enjoyed those 80s and 90s action movies, like for example, Blade Runner and Fifth Element, you should definitely uh, sit down. Uh, grab something to drink and enjoy yourself the 1995 dread because actually it ain't bad See, pretty good surprise it's a fun 90 minutes um yeah it maybe like that. just they're, immerse- they're like just the same length too i think there's like a one minute difference between their their runtime i so very much appreciated like i was not sitting down for a three-hour experience with uh either of them yeah because uh, jim cameron didn't direct it especially with movies like the 2012 dread i feel like because it's like such a compressed action like you can't do a three-hour version my brain will melt by the end yeah 1995 yeah i'm glad we did this because um otherwise i would never i don't think i have have really much excuse to go back to the 95 version but i'm very much glad i did because yeah same uh, yeah past keith past keith uh You'd be surprised what your future self thinks of uh, that experience, because yeah, your mm-hmm. bike flights through hard hologram uh, billboards. Thumbs up. Hard light holograms. <laughs> yes. Okay, and now we need to all go rewatch Red Dwarf. Okay, bye. <laughs> and, and Pluto and Ash. <laughs> and Pluto and Ash. Yeah, and rewatch Red Dwarf and Pluto and Ash. All right. Are we, yeah. is, that, is, it, is that it for the podcast? I think it is. That's everything from me. Anybody else? Uh, I just have a, a recommendation, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because I haven't even read this book, but I've heard it's it's really good. Uh, it's called uh, I Am the Law, How Judge Dredd Predicted Our Future. Uh, it came out uh, mm. on the 21st of this year by Michael Mulcher, and it's 
basically over the history of of Judge Dredd, how it has kind of predicted the way the world uh, has been going with kind of more of a, a police state and uh, officers kind of getting more into SWAT gear and even uh, how pandemics and whole bunch of crap. It's it's uh, uh, from what I have heard of people who have read it. It is really interesting and and kind of opens your eyes of wow this uh, this quirky little UK comic uh, that was satirizing both U.S. and British cultures kind of predicted a lot of scary stuff. Huh, uh, interesting. That kind of... Bummer. Uh, that, yeah, bummer. That kind of reminds me of a meme, um, which is like the... Once again, a company has decided to build the death machine from the book Don't Build the Death Machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing that again, guys. Whoops. Alright, so... Uh... Voidcat, where can we find more of you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Voidcat Gaming on Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram. Right now, I am doing a Star Trek tabletop. So um, we're doing our season finale on Thursday, which may or may not be before this episode comes out. But I will start putting it on YouTube. So you can also find me at Voidcat Gaming on YouTube, I guess. Cool. <laughs> and more of your gaming sessions on YouTube. Because, like, yeah, they disappear into either. Yeah, I know. All right, Brent, where can we find more of you on the internet? Uh, my Facebook is pretty much locked down because of work, um, but I am on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Brath Attack. All right, MJ, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on all the socials as MJ3342. All right, you can find me at Keith Justice on Instagram, at Keith Hayward on Twitter. You can find this podcast and more on PopGeeks. Thank you for listening, and you've been judged. I knew you'd say that. Anyway, (laughs) see you guys next time. Bye.